Welcome to this summer edition of Movies for Life. I am one of your co-hosts, Brian Kuyper. And I'm your other co-host, Michelle Aiken. And I said my name really weird just now. Kuyper? Kuyper? Yeah. (laughs) It was like a spider got in my throat and (laughs) made me say it weird. I don't know. Your favorite animal. Yeah, today we are going to do the most traumatizing episode in the history of Movies for Life. Covering this movie, okay, Jaws, great. I have loved Jaws since I was but a wee laddie. But I tell you, arachnophobia, I've seen a lot (laughs) of horror movies, you know, Martyrs and um, (laughs) I don't know, trying trying to think of some of the, I watched Raw recently, you know, and everything. Arachnophobia is the one that freaks me out. I, I, <laughs> Sorry, it's martyrs to I, I'm just <laughs> saying. I mean, I, I no, but I agree. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, love this movie. Love this movie, but yeah, it still freaks me out too. To some yeah, degree. I mean, I I'm just not really scared by much anymore. Yeah, or like feel like I'm traumatized or anything like that. But uh, arachnophobia. Ugh, and the thing is, PG-13, it's a quote-unquote yep. family movie, and my gosh, this is this is the movie that I every time I watch it, I'm just like, you know, crawling up in a little ball going, yeah. There's one part in particular that still makes me do that. I like had to, I forced myself to actually watch it, because usually I kind of turn away, because <laughs> I don't like to see it, but this time. I have, I have a guess. I watched it I and I guess. was still like, ah, ah, ah. Yeah, no, thank you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so when we get to but that, yeah, we're part, doing, blah, blah, blah. yeah, we're doing animal attack movies today. Obviously, and Brian already gave away what they were. Sorry, uh, <laughs> that's just it not was the in way the title usually... of the episode. I know Shush. when you know, but this is you how we always rules do it. Are? You know what the rules are, Michelle? What? There are no rules. There are rules. I know. <laughs> you just you can't change things up on me. Sorry. Gotta have some warning. Sorry. <laughs> I didn't. You, we've had, we've been talking for about an hour already this morning. You know <laughs> what kind of mode I'm in today. Yes. So uh, <laughs> it's, it's my first day off of the week, of the weekend here. Uh, so I am Me too. highly caffeinated. I had <laughs> more coffee than I expected because I had forgotten that I made coffee last night and 
poured it in my milkshake. Uh, so anyway, this is a crazy morning. I'm like charged up. You are ready to go to talk ready about because this go. is a this is a real. I know this is really traumatizing, but it's also a super fun movie. You got totally. you got to admit. And Absolutely. we are going to do, we're going to cover arachnophobia first, and mm-hmm. then we're going to do Jaws. I guess arachnophobia is kind of more my pick <laughs> for this than yours. I would guess Even so. though I, I think love them we, both. We, we, we yeah. kind of, we, we didn't really choose these that way, though. Yeah. Because originally we were going to do animal attacks, and it was like, I think it was this and the birds or something like that yeah. was, was our discussion. Um. I have a deep love for the birds that is uh, a little bit on the, for nostalgic reasons, I'll admit, but it was my first Hitchcock. I watched it with my grandma um, on the same night she took us to see The Silence of the Lambs, which is a whole <laughs> other story. Um, so that, that movie's really special to me, but, and you know, it's swarms of animals in those, mm. both of those cases where, uh, but I don't know. We decided when we decided to go to a little bit pared down summer um, format, we thought it'd be better to shoot for the 4th of July for (laughs) week for this episode uh, and have it be sort of summer animal attacks. Jaws is sort of like the ultimate 4th of July movie. I can't think of one that is is better suited. I mean... Unless you're talking about, I don't know, 1776 or, you know, Independence Day or, you know, the John Adams miniseries or something like that. I don't know. But. Nah, it's Jaws. Jaws is As far as as modern movies go, I mean, I I can't think of a movie that is sort of better suited for being for the 4th of July, a great 4th of July movie than Jaws. And it's not really about the 4th of July at all, except that it happens to take place over that weekend. That's it. I did get to see Jaws in the theater one time. They were doing like a retro screening and they played it over 4th of July weekend. So I got to go see yeah. Jaws in the theater. I saw cool. Jaws within this last year with my son. Um, we saw it in uh, its 3D re-release. And that kind of opened up some surprise. I did not expect the 3D to matter, but it was shocking how well the movie played in 3d and i'll cool. talk about why when we when we get to jaws but first we're going to talk about arachnophobia um and this m- movie literally titled after you know my greatest fear <laughs> i don't know if it's my greatest fear but ugh, every time i see a spider it's like is it on me i feel like it's on me <laughs> and you didn't see this until i saw it when it first came Re- out Okay, you did? I yeah, thought it was yeah, one of those I, later in life ones. No, no. no I, I saw it when it first came out on video back in 1991-ish, I, whenever that was. I don't know. It, it usually, it took a lot longer for movies to come out yeah. on video back in that day, in those days. Now it's like it came out in the theater and they're already announcing the <laughs> the disc release of it or the VOD release of it, but n- not then. So... I saw it back then and was really pretty terrified by it. I, it was sort of billed as the thrill omedy, the thrill omedy, I guess is what the word was, (laughs) as being a, you know, a a scary comedy, which it is. Mm -hmm. You know, I'll admit to that. But I honestly did not find it funny at all. I was absolutely petrified by everything I was seeing, and. You know, the most of the comic relief, honestly, comes from 
Delbert, and he's not in it that much. And uh, he's extraordinarily memorable. He's sort of the face of the movie, John Goodman mm-hmm. is. But he comes in pretty late, and he um, is only got a few minutes of screen time. They makes the most of every second of it. So for me, most of the movie was just kind of scary, <laughs> I'll admit. Um, so I didn't watch it again for 30 years. Dang. I watched it a couple years ago around its anniversary, yeah. uh, 30th anniversary. I wrote a little article on it for F This Movie back in the day. So for me, this was like strangely, uh, now that I look back on it, it was a kind of a childhood favorite in quote marks. Because it was one that was kind of similar to Child's Play in a way to where mm. um, I absolutely loved it and I would watch it whenever I got the chance to. And yet it still scared me at the same time, you know, but it was one that I just I kept going back to um, like whenever it was on TV, we had to watch it. The same as another one that came out the same year. Another one of my favorite movies, uh, Tremors, also from 1990. And it, it just it had such a good balance of being terrifying and funny that I could sort of handle it still mm-hmm. at the same time, even though, like, like I said, certain parts still yeah. just kind of like squeak me out. But there's enough of the funny stuff to make it still make it entertaining to watch, you know, and I was a budding horror fan at the time, you know, so of course, I, I liked the scary parts just as much as the horror parts. But yeah, it was definitely one where it's like, arachnophobia is on. Yeah, yay, I get to see the shower scene. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't know if right. I went to. <laughs> and no, I get honestly, it. now I would kind of watching it again and thinking about it and thinking about like my history with it, like I would almost consider this like a forever favorite to be honest because it's just been one that's been in in my life for a long time and i, I genuinely love it and watching it again it was exactly the same you know reaction to it you know i would the i think what kind of helped was like again with like the, the comedy element of it i think like i wasn't terribly scared of like the big mama spider because it's it was very Giant obviously spider. a puppet. Yeah, yeah. It was very obviously a puppet, and and mm. but like the little the little spiders, the ones were like you could tell that they were real spiders. You know, it was yeah. the parts that always freaked me out. So like the the puppet, and then like the comedy elements that they brought into it. There was enough of uh, the the scary stuff and the funny stuff that it was it was okay for me when I was a kid. <laughs> and I think that's what makes it kind of last as long as it has. Sure, you know, to be much of a cult classic because. It's got good elements of both. Yeah, and cult classic is kind of appropriate for this one, too, because it was not a hit. It was surprisingly didn't do super well. I mean, considering it was, you know, Spielberg produced and, you know, Frank Marshall was his mm-hmm. major producer who's directing the movie and... um Obviously, John Goodman was a big TV star at the time and a big draw. Uh, so, boy, it, it's sort of shocking that the movie didn't do as well. It did well on video, though. It yeah. did well on video. It didn't do great in the theater, as I recall. Um, well, one of the things that's kind of funny is you know I've mentioned my wife is not a horror person at all. I mean, like really, really doesn't is is like repelled by it gets physically ill on occasion with horror. 
I turn on arachnophobia and she's like, oh, yeah, you, we used to watch this all the time at sleepovers. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And said so the same thing about Tremors. And I had never seen Tremors until we talked about it on the show, what, two years ago. So it, it was just like it's one of those movies that sort of entered the zeitgeist of its generation and didn't mm-hmm. really, you know, and I don't know if it, that has passed on so much or not. Uh, maybe, maybe not. I But I hear about. People who are around our age, you know, older Gen Xers, younger millennials, who are older millennials, younger Gen X. Yeah, I guess whatever. (laughs) It's just sort of everybody from that sort of frame of time knows this movie, it seems. And either loves it or was just like, ah, (laughs) buy it, you know, or both. Or both at the same time, like me. Yeah. Because I don't even really have that much of a problem with spiders anymore. Like when I see them in my apartment or something, I I might get Mm. scared at first and then be like, oh, okay, just just a spider. Like when I used to be absolutely like dad, I used to be like Jeff Daniels in the movie and have someone else have to kill it for me. (laughs) For me, it's anything that can sneak up on me. Sure. That that I don't like. So mice, rats. I haven't had a rat issue in a long time, but in our old house, there were some rats. And so that was pretty freaky. Yeah. um, Just knowing they were there was just like the worst. And we found a dead one once in the house and it was just like the most horrifying thing that you Uh. can imagine. And we're like, okay, it's time to look for a house. Uh, That's honestly what happened. Um, Spiders, snakes, things that can kind of jump scare me when I see a move. (laughs) Uh, those are those are the things I'm not crazy about. Uh, sp- if a spider is just sitting on the wall, I'm like, okay, depending on the size, I can usually <laughs> deal with it. You know, every now and then we get some really really big ones around here. They're mm-hmm. completely harmless. We don't have like dangerous spiders in my area, except there are black widows. Yeah, we have black I, widows. I've too. I've seen like one black widow in my life. But we have these big spiders that actually look a lot like the ones in the movie here. So they, they're a little creepy, but they're not actually dangerous. But um, anyway. The ones here, I was kind of looking at them this time around and being like, they're, they're kind of cute. <laughs> they got like a little face to mm-hmm. them, it seems. And like, they're there really good actors. One... They go like exactly where they need they to go. Do. It's, it's pretty pretty amazing. Yeah, the ones in the movie. Uh-huh. Yeah, one of the things that's sort of interesting about this is okay. This movie is three years before Jurassic Park, but the Venezuela scenes totally give me Jurassic Park vibes. Um, <laughs> I, I love that the photographer's name is Mister Manly, Manly, which is obviously <laughs> supposed to be like the most ironic name. I didn't think about in that in the movie. <laughs> And the thing is, he keeps on calling Julian Sands, who's like Indiana Jones, you know, practically. He's like, come, Mr. Manly. <laughs> he, calls, he calls him Mr. Manly every time. And I think it's really fun. I didn't um, think about that. That's funny. <laughs> but uh, he reminds he, he reminds me a little bit of like Nedry in Jurassic Park, you know, just sort of this. Doesn't really belong Doesn't there. really fit in, yeah. yeah. I mean, he's, he's, well, not, I mean, he's not a villain like Nedry, but he's uh, he's he's out well, of I place. Mean, yeah, one of my notes is like, okay, well, first of all, jungle? No, absolutely not, never. There are big, big animals in the jungle. There are many things that you. can kill you. Yeah. And, yeah. There and, are plants <laughs> that can kill you right. in the jungle. Why would you ever want to go near there? No. Yeah. No, thank you. And then, like... 
the way I like the way that that kind of sets up the the whole story and it kind of gets you those little, little squicks in of like gross things that are like really relatable. Like when he walks into the big the big web the spider web ah! yeah. <laughs> and there's something in it. You know, there's like a is like dead animal. Yeah. you know, wrapped up in it and stuff like that. Here's the thing. Okay, the, you know, what this reminded me of is when Jen and I went on our honeymoon. We went to the Bahamas. And in the Bahamas, they have these spiders called, they're like banana spiders. And uh-huh. they uh, oh, yeah. have I've webs that are like that big. And they are huge. I mean, they're like the size of my palm. But they're, again, they're not dangerous. They're just really big. And it was mm-hmm. just like, we sort of creeped ourselves out by, you know, taking, we would stand back and then we'd take like a photo, and like zoom in on it and see, and it'd just right. be like, Ugh, you know, that gross <laughs> feeling. Um, but my uh, father-in-law, uh, Cheeto, who designed our artwork. Our logo, uh, yeah. Yeah, he designed our logo. He um, he grew up in the Philippines and they would have, they had, you know, banana spiders there. And that's what he called them at least. And they're like that. They're really, really big completely harmless but they would like freak each other out with them (laughs) when they were kids it's like he's some of the stories he has of growing up in the philippines are pretty great i gotta say um just (laughs) you know kind of childhood that is pretty adventurous let's put it that way so uh, (laughs) i like how the spider too is sort of set up the big mama spider that you know, eventually becomes the general, like, the general. Yeah. Um, it's sort of set up. I put like Orca, like the Orca from Orca or like the shark from Jaws, their revenge, because when they're doing the thing where they're, you know, you know, getting all the insects to come out of the tree and everything and land in those little cones and like, Manly goes to take a picture of one of them, and it's one of the spiders that he thinks is dead, but it's actually alive, and he steps and it on it. There's a him, yeah. there's a shot of the general like watching him do that. So I'm like, oh, so the spider's like, oh, you killed like one of my babies or something. Right. So now I'm gonna kill you. You know, I, I had true. never kind of caught me that uh, connection before. I thought that was funny. Yeah, um, there there is a revenge element in it, which is kind of like okay. That's funny. <laughs> That's part of the humor, though, in this one. Yeah, like in exactly. Jo- like in Jaws, the revenge is just ridiculous. Right. And then we find out, like, just how deadly the spider is when it does kill Manly and it bites him and he just immediately goes into seizures and convulsions and everything. So, yeah, very, very poisonous, very dangerous. But one of the things I like about how they present the spider here, the big one, is they don't really show it. They show it's like bits of its legs Mm -hmm. then they'll show like reflections of it in like not entirely reflective surfaces you know like like the pot and stuff like that and so the shape of it you know sort of distorts what it looks like and i think that's really smart and obviously i think taken from lessons from jaws or like just showing the 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 lump under the blanket right as it's gonna come after kill manly yeah yeah they show you sort of big ev- it is. Yeah. evidence of the spider rather than showing you the spider very much even at the end i mean they they really only show it a little bit even when it's like fighting jeff daniels which right. is wild <laughs> when it's um, like on his shirt yeah <laughs> yeah that's such a cr- I don't it's, like too, that it's too it's too strong for him he can't he can't fight it 
<laughs> that shot made me laugh this time because I was it, like, dude, it, it, what is, are you doing? It, it is funny. It only works because you know how afraid of spiders he is, I think. But how... How, how could he, he even... not fight off a, a, a spider? Yeah, I know. Well, also, how could he even be in that situation without... Okay, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not saying this is a perfect movie. No. <laughs> I mean, it is, but no. <laughs> right. It's right. perfect because I love it. Yeah. No. So are we just uh, going through, like, the plot, or what are we doing here? Sure. Just... Uh, well, I don't know. I, I We kind of are, I guess. Okay, well, we're setting... Okay, we, so we don't, we don't, we don't up... need to do that, but it, there's... That's just setting up how dangerous the thing is, I think. How dangerous it is anything. and how it gets to this little town. The town, you know, which is very... Coffin. This is very the birds. I mean, the small town idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and really all animal attacks movies since Jaws are either the birds or Jaws. <laughs> okay. Or a combination of the Fair. two, right? And I, I and I because there there really are the gold standard of animal attack movies. Um, so it's like there's certain things that you have to have. Yeah. It's got to be a small town. You got to have like mm-hmm. um, an, an expert brought in, you know, uh-huh. to help out. Sure. Yeah. 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 And you have the you know like in Alligator, you got a cop. Sure. You know, <laughs> here it's the doctor, doctor who's sort of filling the chief Brody role. You know, he's he's not. He doesn't really want to be in a small town, but he's in a small town anyway. Um, he had a funny sidekick. <laughs> yeah. I, there's all <laughs> kinds of stuff like that. So it's it's good, though. I mean, it, the formulas work is the thing. <laughs> um, and, but it's like the birds and, you know, you see sort of the evidence of the animal attacks. You know, you kind of see the aftermath. You don't necessarily see every – you don't see the birds pecking out everyone's eyes. You don't see yeah. the spiders – um, biting people all the time. You occasionally do, but not all the time. Like one of my favorite things that this one does too is like, again, just kind of showing like how the spider eventually gets to, um, what is his name? <laughs> Ross. Right. Ross remember, Jennings house. I can't yeah. remember the character's name. Ross. Jeff Daniels. <laughs> <laughs> like Jeff Daniels playing Ross Jennings and his wife, Molly and their family, how the spider like gets to their house their barn area i i do kind of like the shot because like it's funny like but it's POV. also yeah it's funny but it's also again kind of showing how dangerous the the spider is like when the crow picks it up and it's immediately like <laughs> and it like, drops it, it drops falls and dies. that's pretty funny yeah that <laughs> is funny like that though, how, how it's entertaining. done yeah you know but then it's scary because you know you see it you know we all know how this is instantly deadly animal and, you know, the kid goes and picks up his baseball right next to the thing. And it is a good way to sort of hide because the the big spider is a puppet. So it doesn't look super great in a lot of shots. Like the shot where it's coming out of the doggy door. I was like, <laughs> that sort of works, I but know. sort of not really. You but know, they so only showed like the tips of the. Yeah, legs, exactly. They, they showed just enough where you can yeah. get a sense of the size and everything. But I mean, yeah. doing stuff like that, like with the, the crow and the POV stuff is a good way to kind of set up the, 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 the tension. But it's also kind of. Yeah, hide <laughs> right, the main thing right. until you, they're really ready to show it. I also kind of like how they, in a humorous way, show sort of the underbelly, sort of the darkness of a little town, too. Like, they make friends with the little girl and said, oh, I bet they're going to go off and catch fireflies. And the next customer saying, you want to go blow up, blow up a bullfrog? Yeah. Bunny. She's, yeah. <laughs> I don't like bunny. 
So I, I think it's really funny. And also, you know, just like talking about the previous doctor, how mm-hmm. he threw a party for himself to ingratiate everyone to him. And so, um, yeah. And, and he's refusing to retire. And so everyone is still listening to him rather than sure. to Dr. Jennings. And it's just kind of like. There's a funny little small town politics. Like the, yeah. the sheriff doesn't like the new big city doctor, you know, yeah. and everybody's like. It's like, oh, you've been a bully him. since you were in the fifth grade. And I taught you. <laughs> I know that because I was your teacher. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I love, 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 love. Um, Margaret I think she is yes uh, yeah and it's and it's like it's almost too bad I mean I understand why they do it um, to accelerate the plot forward but I wish she wasn't the first to die because she's just so she's such an interesting character is the thing I mean she's mm-hmm. it's almost a it's almost a psycho moment where you kill off a really interesting character early kind of like oh I, I guess we're not no one's safe, even the nice old lady that's actually going to help him out. Yeah, um, cause she's the one that, you know, stood up to him. And uh, there's a kind of the funny, stood up for him, sorry. Uh, right. There is kind of the funny thing where it's like, because the old doctor won't retire, like she... She's his only patient. She's Ross's yeah. only patient. And there was that and funny she's thing. She's in perfect like, health. Yeah, she's in perfect health. And it's like, what? Do you think I hoped your body was ravaged by diseases or whatever? And yeah, he which was, is disgusting. <laughs> he joked with his, with his wife. Yeah. yeah. And so we're also but, set but it's up also, that it's important. It does importantly set up that she's in perfect health, though. And then she yes. just suddenly drops dead. And we also got to set up here in the beginning that Ross is the the arachnophobia of the arachnophobe of the the movie he has a deadly fear of spiders and he has uh the little story that he tells about like his first memory with with a spider like when he was two years old in his crib and the spider crawling which comes back later at the end of the movie and i i like that part where uh, they're moving into the new house and um when the kids comes out and it's like yeah there's a spider it's like okay we'll get your mom (laughs) (laughs) right (laughs) Honey, come kill a spider. (laughs) There's this joke that my wife and I have, and it's from The Simpsons. Homer comes in and says, Marge, there's a spider near my car keys. (laughs) (laughs) You hear her going, shoo, shoo, go away. And um, so anyway, that's our code for honey, come kill the spider. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So. Marge, come kill the spider. I can imagine you doing that. (laughs) Yeah. That's what I was wondering. I was watching. I was like, "Oh, is this Brian and his wife?" I bet because I know he hates spiders. <laughs> I, I, I honestly, it, in sometimes in the sometimes she she has me do it. I mean, it's it's, it's just really? like it's interesting. Sometimes it's like I have her do it. Sometimes she has me. It's weird. I don't know. It's like we suddenly each get really brave <laughs> when the other one asks us to do it. I don't know why. It's right. funny. Uh, it's it's because she's not crazy about spiders either. Believe me, though, she will do something weird. She will trap them in a glass and then film them attacking her camera. Why? I don't know. She showed me this. It's like, hey, Brian, I just wanted you to see this. And she show me this video of a spider like attacking her, you know, through a through a glass. And I'm like, why did you just show me that? <laughs> <laughs> this this is like me showing you Midsummer again. This is not. <laughs> this, this is not <laughs> cool. <laughs> 
maybe she's trying to be like Molly in the movie. Like, I come think and, so. come and look at the web and see what amazing animals you know spiders actually right. are and how important they are to the ecosystem which yeah they are but they're also I still know, scary and they I have know, too many I legs know. i'm sorry that part where, where <laughs> julian sands hopefully not r.i.p but maybe <laughs> um we hopefully julian sands uh is okay out there in the wilderness we're hope we're pulling for you uh anyway um did you hear about this that what? julian sands like disappeared on a mountain yeah. what yeah I haven't heard what happened since. I don't know. I haven't heard word in a while. But uh, so if if he oh. if he has been confirmed um, one way or the other, I haven't heard yet. So apologies if if I'm wrong on this. Um, but it's when he's talking about spiders are very important to the ecosystem. They are. We would be overrun by insects without them. And I'm like, yeah, okay, fine, shut up. Fine. Okay. I accept that it's they're like, still yeah, scary. I know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and and and. I, irony is dude gets killed by a spider sure. all right so anyway but you know the whole idea of you know needing an exterminator because the wood's all rotten and stuff like that what a great way to bring in the delbert. best character oh. in the whole movie oh delbert God. mcclintock and then what he examines it's like yeah bad wood it's like well how do we fix it <laughs> take, take out, out bad wood, bad wood put, put in, in good, good wood good wood <laughs> That, that, I it wonder, just, it's brilliant it's so funny i wonder if the character was like written like this kind of sounds like it was with the kind of lines that he's given I think so but just john goodman's spin that he puts on it the, oh it's, it's just the perfect way he it's so hilarious it so funny and the thing is he's kind of a. He barely, I mean, he almost touches one of the spiders at one point while he's examining uh-huh. the the toilet. the toilet. It's like, yeah, there's no spider here. I mean, he's so he's kind of bad at his job. No room for amateurs in this game. <laughs> yeah, it's like he's not that observant. <laughs> it's just, it's pretty funny, you know. <laughs> We're kind of going over all over the place here. I don't that, know. Well, that's okay. I mean, and just some other moments that I like. Um, uh, they do show. Okay, I'm not. One thing I'm not for sure of in this movie is the timeline exactly because. Okay, so they get the spider. The spider gets there like the the day they move in. Right. And the yeah. night, the night that they move in, because they, they juxtapose <laughs> Molly right. and Ross having sex for the first time in their new house with the spiders having sex in the barn. Spider nookie. That's, Spider what, I nookie. Put in my, that's what I put in my notes. <laughs> so that happens the first night. And then, like, it seems like almost immediately afterwards, there's. Yeah. When they, she shows him the web that apparently right. they think they're a little tiny spider that they put she rehomed in the barn right. built like no obviously not um but, there's, but then they the, say though but there's like the, the egg sack though there's mm-hmm. like a shot of the pulsing egg sack which is funny to say um and it's hatching they're hatching already i which, think that's supposed to be after a period of time because they do say remember the body you brought in a couple months ago that was drained of blood Mm. they say that later in the movie so i think there's more time passing here but for the sake of pacing they're just rolling it along i mean and i googled it the gestation period of spiders is only a couple weeks anyway so right yeah it just it feels like in the movie like it's one or two days and then they have the party thing later that margaret throws for them and she was like she had said before like we'll throw you a party next month 
So it right. just it feels like a, I don't know the the I was trying to figure out the timing and I was like something. Yeah, condi- I, I guess they're just condensing it a lot more. And I just they are really making it. the time move quickly. I think yeah. So I but I think it's supposed to be you know several weeks before yeah. the spiders get out into the neighborhood. The party scene is fun too. Like when they had, uh, Margaret. Yeah. There was a party for with, for Jennings, you know, with the whole uh-huh. town there, and you meet like see the little spiders around and like they yeah. put the cup down on it, and yeah, I love that kind of stuff. It's so sometimes when I watch that kind of stuff, it's like the characters are not very observant. Like I totally would have noticed it, like a big ass spider right there on the table right. or whatever. But like for some reason, it works in this movie because again, it's like it's funny when it sets up those little like scenarios of you know how like how the spider like eventually gets you know inside or gets into the kids football helmet and stuff like that you right. know it's a, a almost like a rube goldberg rube goldberg type of thing you know sure <laughs> in a way um and then you also meet like the we've seen the mortician before but the the mm-hmm. mortician and his wife are very funny and then you have um manly's you know family then the mother is just like yeah totally distraught yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> there was one like when she's when Molly is talking to the um, the football guy and they're talking about like uh, his kids or whatever that are playing. I remember that the 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 conversation is exactly, but Molly is like, "Oh, nepotism, huh?" And his wife goes, "Actually, we're Baptists." <laughs> ah, that stuff kills me. Okay, yeah. and then we have um this one kind of gets to me too. Uh, Margaret's death scene. Yeah. Uh, just again, the way that it's set up and like that you think it's going to go after the cat first, which I was like, no, leave the cat alone. And then she puts the cat outside and then like the the spiders in the lampshade. And when the right. spider drops down from the lampshade, like that's... That uh, is a huge jump scare. It's and huge. Yeah. Well, and you we've already seen... There. We've already seen that the, the, the grown spiders, you know, mm-hmm. that the big ones that were in uh, Venezuela can jump. So we know that's probably going to be a part of it. So it's, it's pretty intense when it goes. Um, and you, every you time there's see that it, kind of thing. You see it in the lampshade. They show like the little shadow of it, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Just those, instead of it jumping down, but it's kind of like coming down on a, on a web. I don't know. String. Spider. Right, silk coming down on you know it's, it's silk like in line with her like pulling the lampshade is like it's kind yeah. of brilliant and it looks yeah. really cool but it also like freaks me out because it's like well now i have to every time i freaking turn on a lamp i'm gonna have to check to make sure there's not a spider in there thanks a lot movie yeah well i mean <laughs> you know? all the spider attack scenes i think are really really good suspense sequences mm-hmm. even the okay uh so the ones like i i think of atherton's assistant i think is is kind of an okay character. I like um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I like it. He's he, he's not he's not as colorful as some of the others, so he's, sure. it's hard for a character like that to stand out. But he's you know I likable enough. Um, but the sequence when they're searching Margaret's house, oh, like they're God. like they're like they're the looking cups. in each of the cups. I know. Um, which because obviously that you know like the he's not taking it seriously yet. You know, it's like putting his hand in the cereal box and. All that stuff. It's just, it, it's really, really suspenseful. I mean, it's very mm-hmm. Hitchcockian, the way that is all plays out. And then, again, you see the one, like, fly off the wall, you know, and, like, yep. at, shoot itself at them, you know. 
but the editing in that is really brilliant because they're setting it up for the scare and then they'll cut to someone else searching somewhere else. And it's like, it's one of the best. I mean, I know you're not supposed to notice editing, but in this case, I think it works to the film's effect that is like, it's really well edited. I mean, it just, the way it moves through that search is really brilliant. That's and, like what, yeah, that's one of yeah. the the creepiest scenes in the movie yeah. to me. Even though I know like where the spider is going to come from whenever he's doing the mug thing that mm-hmm. I always, I was like, I always picture like what could have happened, you know, if there yeah. was a spider in one of those, like it jumping out on him or something. Right. All of the spider kind of attack scenes are everyday things that you do too that could actually happen if there was a deadly spider (laughs) in the area you know the lampshade or you know putting on your hat putting on a shoe taking a shower right right Um, and that's the one i i cannot watch i cannot watch the the shower scene right well the thing is One of the things I, I do want to do is I, I want to mention the editor of this movie is Michael Kahn, who is Steven Spielberg's editor. So, I mean, he, he has edited everything that Spielberg has done since Raiders of the Lost Ark, maybe even before. I mean, so it's it's like, or almost everything. I don't want to say everything because there's probably a few that he's not. So you can see that kind of, you know, sort of the brilliance of, the collaborators that they have here, you know, I mean, this is, like I said, you know, with it being, um, Frank Marshall, who important Spielberg player being again, Raiders, (laughs) you know, the producer on Indiana Jones and different things like that. Um, it's, there's a lot of the Spielberg Amblin touch to this movie, Oh yeah, but it's clearly Frank Marshall's movie. It's not, Oh, by the way, we should also mention Targets. Frank Marshall appears in Targets as the uh, usher at the drive-in. Um, nice. He, yeah. So <laughs> anyway, so all these people were friends, uh, and that's, that's one of the things that's kind of cool. Anyway, that's that's off subject, obviously, but I, I think <laughs> even even like you know the the sequence where he sees this what he thinks is the spider on the wall at night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it turns out to be that hook. It's just like. I, it, the suspense sequences are really, really well done. And then, you know, like yeah. the popcorn. Yes. There's another like fake out yeah. that I really like too is when he's, Ross is like just kind of doing some stuff with his, his papers and like a cricket jumps on his paper. Right. And he f- flips yeah. out because <laughs> yeah. he thinks it's a spider. That's a good little moment too. Absolutely. Okay. So I, I sort of went on to a different subject, but we should come back to the shower scene. Well, for because one thing too, there are the sh- there are too many people in this movie that that don't take spiders seriously. <laughs> because before that, there's uh, Metcalf dies too, right. and that's another one of those like real life things where it gets in his slipper and you the, know he puts doctor, he puts, yeah. a, mm-hmm. puts his foot in it, and, and so now okay, great. So now I have to like check the lampshade and check my shoes every single time. <laughs> Naturally. But um, when she says, he's like, um, you know, some damn thing bit me. And she says, oh, it's just a spider. I was like, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Yeah, just and what, a spider? What is, and what, <laughs> what does he that? say? It feels, it feels, <laughs> feels like, like a cougar. <laughs> feels like a cougar. Yeah. I yeah. mean, uh, that at that point, I would be like, huh. You know, because a, a, spider, a spider bite can be serious, even if it's uh, yeah. not, quote unquote, poisonous spider, you know. Who, who says it's just a spider? 
Like, are you nuts? <laughs> People who are not me. I guess. Uh, or when um, when Roz is a tr- when um, his daughter was going over to stay with Bunny and Roz is trying to like warn them about like there could be some spiders around like so don't mess with them they're all looking at him like he's like okay whatever right. like I would be terrified if someone told me there were some right. dangerous spiders lurking around are you kidding me well I mean like the, when the kids are yeah when they're reading and stuff like that yeah. and they, they show the one that's in the room and then they just you know happen to drop the book on it and stuff you know that's, yeah, that's that kind of stuff that's set up that I think yeah it's another one of those but, balanced but thing, things that's I mean, really it's good not, it's it, yeah I think it's it's a great suspense sequence, but it's mm-hmm. also funny. Yeah, exactly. Because, I mean, I, in this case, this is one of those movies, you can't kill the kids in this movie. No. Teenagers, sure. Fuck them <laughs> kids. But you can kill one teenager. <laughs> you, can kill, you can kill a teenager's all you want, in my opinion. In movies. In movies. <laughs> um, <laughs> Be sure to have that caveat. <laughs> always. I always feel like I got to say that. I think it should go without saying, but yes, in movies. But um, <laughs> but children in this movie are safe. I, and I, I think that's a good choice yeah. because this isn't that kind of movie. Yeah. So, the, 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 so for all I have written down for the, the shower scene is no, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> well, what's funny about it is it really is set up similar to the shower scene in Psycho. Huh? Uh, you see, you see the shadow of the spider on the outside of the curtain first, mm-hmm. and all <laughs> sorts of things that are just like it's it's clearly like we're gonna do the shower scene and we're gonna have a little fun with it, you know? <sighs> fun? They, well, they think this uh, but, is fun? <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? They're, they're, they know. are they are like we are definitely homaging Hitchcock here, and we're not gonna even hide that we are. It, it's well done, and it, it's really it like. I guess that's not the one that really freaks me out, though. The one that freaks me out is the popcorn. Because <laughs> she just puts her hand on it and puts it in her mouth. Right. I, the idea that the spider ate her from the inside out is just like. <laughs> oh, my God. Anyway. But yeah, this, like I said, this is the one I had to like, I had to force myself to actually because usually the shower scene is where I kind of like I see the spider crawling at the top of the, the shower curtain. Sure. I'm like, OK. Uh, we're just gonna wait until I hear that music sting, <laughs> and then well, I can I mean, look again. Is, when it jumps on her face, w- kudos to this actress. My God, not, she doesn't flinch. She, she flinches just, mildly. You can see her eye just, kind of flinch a okay. little bit, but she does really good. Just goes down her face, <laughs> then sort of goes down her stomach. It's like ah, <laughs> ah. Okay. no, thank you. Because I guess I, the spider was supposed to feel like the water on her face. No, I would have nah. <laughs> uh, right, right. <sighs> And, and in there, the setup too, where it's like, because uh, the the spider, there's another spider in their house too that crawls mm-hmm. into the toilet, like where the dad's just sits just sits down. So it's another one of those things where it's like you don't know like where the scare is gonna come from. Right. And this movie does that a lot in, uh, in yep. really good ways. Some of the things that that are dropped in here too make it like, oh, it's this kind of movie, or is it this kind of movie? Uh-huh. Because they, because they talk about how the spiders they're like little vampires. Which I think is pretty funny. So this is a little bit Salem's Lot in there too, you know, <laughs> okay. the whole bunches of of, of um, vampires, you know, in the in the little town idea. And then you know they talk about spiders are cannibals. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's sort of pulling in these little teases towards other subgenres of horror too, which Sorry. is actually kind of fun uh, that they do that. I mean, 
for the horror fans in the crowd, you know. Well, it's like you just have um, Jillian Sands as Doctor Atherton um, with his his accent and everything and his expertise, and you know, I love the phone call that uh, Ross makes to him because he says, "Doctor Atherton, I have nothing against spiders." Liar. Yeah. Because Doctor Atherton wants to tell him that you know, like, oh, everybody thinks like when there's a bunch of unexplained deaths in a small town that spiders are to blame but you know we love spiders and everything and mm-hmm. i know i just kind of love him as the little professor in like in this movie and the way he always wants a specimen right give me a specimen it makes me, me laugh specimen, yeah. <laughs> give me a live specimen collins <laughs> the, i like to see with delbert where he's just like where he's searching and, and you know like i said before he's kind of bad at his job then he says i just just spritz him to kingdom come um and then there's no spider here but uh i will hunt down the alleged arachnid and spritz him to come kingdom come <laughs> yeah. but then he find, sees the one outside and he uses a spray on it and the spray doesn't work yeah and so he, obviously he steps on it instead yeah I'm bad. <laughs> the look on his face when he's stepping on it, though, and like hearing the crunch. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty. And then good. when when he meets uh, Doctor Atherton, it's, it's so funny. <laughs> yeah, because he's like, "Oh, this Delbert, you know, saw a live one," and he's like, "Infestation management, always nice to meet a colleague." <laughs> right, right. God, he just kills me in this. <laughs> he's really funny. It's, like your basic egg sack. His best, <laughs> right, right. His best line though is like, "A web would suggest an arachnoid presence." <laughs> a web would indicate an arachnoid presence. <laughs> That's my favorite line for some reason. <laughs> yeah, me, mine too. Actually, the climax of this movie, uh, there, there are like a couple things going on at the same time. You know, mm-hmm. you got Julian Sands going into the into the barn, um, trying to find. The general, I think. Yeah, they're trying to figure out where the nest is. Do you know what that reminds me? That actually reminds me of Jurassic Park as well. Do you know what it reminds me of the game hunter? Clever girl. (laughs) Totally has that feel to it. And and he gets attacked right afterwards. It's like he's he's mildly, he's he's kind of impressed by the animal that's about to kill him. Sure. It's a very much like a clever girl moment. And, we saw him do that thing where uh, he was trying to, like, you know, quote unquote, call the spider, but like, kind of tweaking the, the the web a little see, bit. See, that's the part I can't watch because I'm like, you are just asking for it. It's like, haven't you seen a movie? <laughs> haven't you seen a movie? That is going you to are... get you killed. <laughs> yes. Oh my god, they got the professor. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah. Uh. But and the, and that but in the house when all the drones just suddenly start spilling out of the walls, every that's crevice a, and everything. That's such a great setup too. When yeah. um, they figure out, they think that the the nest is at the mortician's place because that's right. you know because that's where the body came in or whatever, and then they figure out it's actually at Jennings' own house. That, I think I love the setup of that scene though because they just walk in the house and there's like some great like music like kind of scary music like Mm -hmm. very subtle at the same time while they're just kind of like looking around really slowly and the family doesn't know what's going on i don't know why i kind of like that yeah yeah and but then yeah all the the soldier spiders start swarming in the place and 
it's kind of a good it, it doesn't really make sense because even Collins no, the, no. his his assistant is like they're swarming this doesn't make any sense like it's, spiders it's, don't do it's this cinematic it's not yeah yeah it, and it's a good way to make sure like we'll get all of the bad spiders in one place so that we can you know get rid of them and like at the end mm. of the movie like we'll just say yeah sure we killed them all <laughs> like, <laughs> right because they all just came here for some reason even though they had spread out from the nest to go out yeah. and kill and i don't know logic <laughs> <laughs> yeah now there's a little bit of hero's journey stuff going on here when he yeah. when, when he falls into the underworld you yeah. know he falls into the <laughs> cellar you know and he has to face his greatest fears uh in the cellar underground uh-huh. um for someone is... okay well because they set up that he gets like literal like paralysis whenever he is around spiders or like even maybe he's pretty spry for someone who yeah in this climax like there's one the when there's especially like when they're swarming and they're like coming down you know from the window they're dropping at his hand or whatever he is he's moving around pr- pretty pretty good <laughs> you know and when he realizes he's in the nest yeah, which is down in his little wine cellar area, which that's another great setup. Yeah, the way he like, yeah the wine falls, cellar, the locks he falls through the, the the floor, which we all set up was like rotten from like, bad termites wood. or whatever. Yeah, bad wood. <laughs> they had not put in good wood yet. <laughs> they have not put in good wood. <laughs> therapy. This is <laughs> therapy for him. Wood. <laughs> anyway, sorry. <laughs> Sorry, I live in a home of a Beavis and Butthead fan, and I cannot uh, get that out of my system right now. Oh, I know. Now, the the, the best line, second best line, is after the one, the the queen spider flies into the electrical grid there. Therapy. Therapy. (laughs) Yeah. Still not the big mama spider, though. Still not no, the, no. the general. Or the, is it the big daddy? I thought it was the big daddy. Big, I just like to say big mama, so that sounds better. Okay. Big big daddy spider, whatever. Big daddy. But yeah, he's just, he's he's a little too, I don't know. For, for He's not really being, acting like an, much of an arachnophobe, like in this, like, you know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, he is fighting for his life, so he can't I'm just I'm not saying it's there. a criticism. I'm just saying, like, he's oh, not okay. getting no, all paralyzed, I got you. I got, like I got he you. says he does. I got you. But then he looks up, that's your basic egg sack. <laughs> and he, well, I mean, the thing is, you know, he sets the thing on fire. Uh-huh. Sets it on fire, and it still comes back for him. And like that's, the uh, yeah. shark in Jaws the Revenge roars, this spider kind of screams a little bit. It does. You hear it kind of go, <laughs> Well, spiders can scream, can't they? I, I don't know. know. They hiss, don't they? I think so, yeah. Well, and we have the same thing here with Dr. Jennings, like I said, where they kind of bring back you know, his, his childhood story of when he was first scared of spiders when it he remembers it crawling up his leg i have a theory though (laughs) i think the spider's fucking with him (laughs) it's moving all slow because why did it bite him on the leg it's like yeah why doesn't it just kill why does it have to go for the jugular why does it why is it (laughs) why is it doing the slow thing because it's it knows it can smell his it must know something yeah yeah, it, but he's it's got. Like, he was just waiting for it to land on that little plane. I, I love that this is kind of like an action sequence at the end of this this movie and this with spiders, you know. And yeah. <laughs> because well, I mean, like I said like before, so big. He sets the thing on fire. <laughs> fire. 
and it uh, goes all the way, you know, it, you know, and it's running around. It's trying to attack him again. And he like shoots that the little spear flies through him and lands in the egg sack. And it's like, because they set up the, the nail gun thing, you know, right. earlier too when yeah. he was down in the cellar. The nail, so. yeah, right. That's right. It's a nail gun. Yeah. I was like, does he have like a little crossbow? I guess. Yeah. It's nail gun. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, sometimes the details are fuzzy. I mean, I don't know why, but it's just like, <laughs> that's pretty great. And then they move back to San Francisco where there are no <laughs> spiders apparently, but there are earthquakes. Which is better than, uh, spiders swarming your little country house, I would say. Well, yeah. I will, I will take this really that. cute house though. Yeah. Too bad it was, had bad wood and was <laughs> like set on fire at the end but you know now there is jaws is a is i mean arachnophobia is a wonderful movie it's like a it's like i don't a know great <laughs> entertaining favorite jaws is one of the greatest movies that exists uh, so but there is one thing that arachnophobia has that jaws does not have what is that? Jaws does not have a closing song by Jimmy Buffett from the point of view of the shark. That's true. <laughs> yeah. So uh, where arachnophobia has got a closing song called Don't Bug Me. Yeah. <laughs> from the point of view of the spider. That is just amazing. I mean, that is, I mean, I think we should end the episode. I mean, no, no we're talking about Jaws next. We got to end the episode with, you know, don't bug me. That's the obvious cool. one to end with, you know? Yeah. Um, I'll track that down for us. Yeah. So, uh, the arachnophobia, I know we didn't really talk. There's not much. It's another one of those movies where there's yeah. not much to get into with that. But it is, I, I, lo- I love this movie. I'm terrified of this movie at the same time it's um like i said it's a childhood favorite and i i kind of adore it <laughs> right so right. It's, it's it's super fun and it's watching it again it was um the the same feelings over and over again like it was hilarious and it was scary at the same time and it always seems to, i always seem to watch this movie and then like not too long afterwards i will see a spider in my apartment and then happened again so i was like oh the universe knows something and it's trying to freak me out. I don't like that. I don't like that. But it was it, it was a little one. I, I took care of it. Oh, okay. Okay. I'm glad you were able to be brave. I'm good. I was brave. Okay. All right. Another thing that I'm, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm afraid of it, but the ocean, the oceans uh, uh, is, is a thought that to me is, I'm. it's a little gross. Okay. <laughs> it's like a giant toilet for fish and whales (laughs) and um i i I say that all the time when the kids want to go in the water when we go to cannon beach i'm like i'll put my feet in but you know if you if you want to swim in the giant toilet that's up to you (laughs) so it makes sense uh, yeah um i mean i know that's what the tide is for and you know anyway but it's because it's constantly flushing (laughs) but (laughs) I am in rare form, am I not? Yes, you are. Uh, but in all seriousness, Jaws Jaws is one of those movies where I had heard about it before I saw it. And we saw Jaws 3 first. I remember seeing Jaws 3 first and it having sort of that freaky effect. I mean, it was not too long after we got our VCR 85-ish 
we rented Jaws 3. And there's this part where there are like bugs coming out of a victim's mouth that really freaked me out. And mm-hmm. yeah, I watch it now and it looks really hokey. But back then it really freaked me out. And there's like this guy's arm floating. That even looks worse because it's like obviously against a blue screen and everything. But it, it was just like Jaws 3 really kind of freaked me out. And so but I kind of was fascinated at the time. I really don't like the movie anymore. I I tried watching it's it and I fun. just just can't do it then i went back and i went backwards i mean four hadn't come out yet so watched three then two then one so two i thought two was is still to me a pretty solid movie yeah it's kind of a shark slasher movie you know i think the whole thing with them out on the boats is pretty great Mm -hmm. the woman who burns to death and then washes up on the shore is really scary and everything. I think of three of two as the most horror movie of the Jaws movies. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the most Other straightforward than like the horror first half movie. Half of Jaws. The first half of Jaws I would call a horror movie. Yeah. The second half though is like from when they enter into Quint's shop about halfway yeah. through uh, to the end. Uh, feels like more like a high seas adventure movie, um, which I love. I, I mean, I, I like I like horror movies. I like Captain Blood. I mean, it, it's, it's it's or Moby Dick or whatever. But they feel they match. They go together. I mean, it's a can it's a story that makes sense. But they do feel very like very different movies because mm. you have you go from this whole town. Um, that's one of the things about this that's really interesting. Sort of technically speaking, it's very much like a Hitchcock movie, the way it's shot, the way it's blocked, it's very precise, but the way it sounds and the way it feels is very seventies. It's very Altman esque. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, especially the first half and you have this huge population. And then the second half of the movie, you have three guys. So it's, it's really interesting how, how they work as a movie. Um, how the two different sections work as a movie. I'm kind of more impressed by it every time I see it. And seeing it in 3D really brought out what a brilliant, how brilliant Spielberg's compositions are. Because yeah. when you see when you see it in 3D, you've got people in the foreground, people in the background, people in the mid, and just the way they're they're placed on in the frame is really really brilliant. And the the use of space and the makes them look different sizes in the frame. It's really astounding. Um, and that really just popped in 3D. And I didn't think 3D was going to matter a, a bit with this movie. <laughs> you know, And but it was like, wow, this is one of the best movies I've ever seen in 3D. Even though it doesn't have a lot of stuff popping out at the camera. You know, except for like when the shark opens its mouth and comes towards mm-hmm. camera in that famous shot. But it was just like, wow, Spielberg is <laughs> a, just the mise-en-scene. Just the way he sets yeah. up a frame is incredible. Yeah, this time around, I was kind of more watching it for that. Like, I always used to watch mm-hmm. Jaws just for the Jaws part. Great old but story. I was, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was... But this time I was really looking at the the shots and the composition. Like uh, one of my favorite things, I was just in the opening sequence when the the guy is getting undressed on the beach with the the sunset. Uh-huh. I was like, "Yeah, holy shit, that's a beautiful shot." <laughs> it really is. 
And then when she's swimming and like for some reason I love the 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 water sparkling like all around her. Yeah. I think that's absolutely gorgeous and just like just some of the other um on the orca uh when he's the the shot from overhead of of the shark mm-hmm. when Brody is up on the the mast sure. or whatever. I was like that's oh that's just that's brilliant. And then there's the famous one of you know going through the 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 jaws that's on display in Quince office right. you know there's there's mm-hmm. that and i was like damn this is i i don't know why like i always kind of knew it's something that you always know like in the back of your mind but when you're really watching for it and like really watching right. the frames and like like that's pretty brilliant spielberg's stories are so good he's almost like an invisible technician right <laughs> you know I, because his shots are just as precise as or Maybe not just as, I mean, when we're talking about someone like Kubrick. Right. But but you, you know what I mean by that, though? He's, like, There's, sneaky with it, yeah. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's in a sneaky way, whereas you watch a Kubrick movie and you're just, like, we it's, just talked about 2001. It's, it's like, pretty obvious. This yeah. is, like, he made this this way, whereas right. Spielberg, it's like... Oh, okay. I mean, it, it's just a means of telling a story. Is mm-hmm. is and it and it's uh, but it's so brilliantly done that you just kind of don't realize unless you look for it how incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's amazing to me that this is his second theatrical feature film. Okay, Sugarland Express and Jaws, and he's already like fully formed as a director. It, it's remarkable. I mean, who do who does that? <laughs> Unless you're Orson frickin' Wells or something right. like that, um, or the Cohen brothers. Uh, but even they, I mean, have gone back and tinkered with some of their older movies to make them a little tighter as far as editing and things like that go. But it's this movie. I mean, is essentially a perfect movie. I mean, obviously there, are, mm, yeah. there, are, and but there are things that. If he had done it, if it had gone as he originally planned, it wouldn't be, I don't think. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? And I, okay, I just want to clarify something. I thought about how I, re- maybe how I really meant it when I said I had a, a slight criticism of Jaws this time. I don't think it's so much <gasps> a, a criticism it's as fine, it is a preference. <laughs> no, I, no, I get it. I get you know what, what you're I mean? saying, though. Yeah, and I... Like, I, I how I, you're talking about, it, like, the first half of it being more horror and the second half being more, like, you know, swashbuckly and... I don't know, something about it. It was more like a feeling that I got this time, like, after we actually see Brody sees the shark for the first time, sees how, how big it is or whatever. And then there's a whole thing with like setting up, you know, what they're doing with the barrels and stuff. And there's that like, you know, super adventure, like pirate music kind of thing. And I was like, well, that kind of like spoils the tension a little bit for me. But I mean, I think it's more just like, I prefer the mood of the first half of the movie. Than sure. And the, I think the, that's the one of part. the things that Williams is doing in that sequence is marcating that we've kind of left the horror behind, that we are now mm. in an adventure story. Yeah. This is like Horatio Hornblower, you know, and I, I think that that's my sense of it. And I wonder if that is what Spielberg felt too. Um, because, I mean, one of the great collaborations ever is got to be Steven Spielberg and John Williams, despite the fact that Williams didn't write a song from the shark's point of view for the end credits. Um, he should have. I mean, he should have deepest bluest. My head is like a shark's fin. <laughs> deepest bluest. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> uh, 
so, but but I think I what Duplessy. what I think what um, I think that's what is sort of being declared there, though. That's so I think I get what they're doing. I, I but I also do see your point. I I don't know. I think I'm I'm fine with it being an adventure story at that because at the same time that also kind of lulls you a little bit because exactly. It's um, it's like an adventure. It's fun. We're just going to catch the shark, and then like when it gets to like some of the really horrific stuff, like when mm. like all that horror is brought right back, like when Quint it gets is. killed, and you're well, like, oh even shit, that's right. Even that, before, I, yeah. I think when the shark attacks the boat at night, yeah. I I think that's one of those sequences where because it's out of the blue. It's it's because it, we we've really been lulled by that point. They're hanging out they're telling mm-hmm. stories they're bonding yeah. finally you know i mean they the, like hooper and quint are bonding <laughs> they're so cute <laughs> yeah and this is definitely one i think we should just blow all over the place on this okay. movie because That's everyone's every, every, <laughs> everyone's talked about this movie to death i, mean, I know yeah exactly I, I don't know what we can offer that's going to be anything different than what anyone else has ever said before but all we can do is offer our own opinions and, and perspective on it um, our own feelings because, and thoughts. sure yeah yeah and this but i think for me the best scene in the movie is the scene at night in the in the orca sure. Uh, on, I think you that's know, everybody's when, favorite scene. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know it's obvious, but there's, there's, there are a few. Uh, maybe that's what we should do. We should just say what are, what are some of your favorite parts of the movie? And okay. I think this one. I mean, this is the obvious one, but let's go ahead and chat it real quick. Which is, mm-hmm. and this is something I never really realized, but the Indianapolis seek uh, the USS Indianapolis speech is incredibly important to Quint's motivation. Mm-hmm. for the end of the movie because without that discussion i mean of you know his friends being you know bitten in half why does he have this vendetta against sharks why this shark why does he push the orca past its limits you know he's damaging his own why vessel does he, and he why does knows he break it. the radio when they're calling right. for help yeah right because he's become ahab he is he is captain ahab and he has to kill this thing because it killed his friends I think that's what it comes down to. I saw an article um, that I read before I watched this again about how Quint was like the most tragic figure like ever in like movie mm-hmm. history, like according to this one uh, writer. And it was it was all that stuff about him. And I was like, um, you know, yeah, he had this vendetta and he ended up he survived this thing on the Indianapolis only to end up that you know exact same way several years mm-hmm. later. And. Well, he talks about his friend what? being bitten in half, and that's exactly mm-hmm. what happens. That's what happens to him. to him, sure. Yeah, and I love the way, like, when we're first introduced to Quint, um, and then he doesn't come back for like a really long time, which is another great kind of like character setup. I want that tattoo, by the way, of his the drawing that he does the on drawing? the chalkboard, and the thing that's one of the things it's I so thought cute. about. So Quint drew the picture, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he did. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he did. Because, I mean, who would have that sick sense of humor to draw a picture of the giant shark with a little boy in its mouth? Or it could be it could be showing how big a, a shark is. That could be a full-grown yeah. person, you know. Yeah. But just kind of the way that he's introduced at first. And you he's not he doesn't end up being the character that you expect him to no. be. Um, you know, you expect him to be like a, no, excuse the pun, like a salty old 
fisherman, you know. And he Which kind I, of is in some in some scenes, like when he's testing Hooper on you know his knots and everything. Right. But I love the way that he really softens, like mm-hmm. once they actually get on the orca, yeah. and he is such a sweet character (laughs) one of the Uh, things that is to the film's benefit as well is that spielberg didn't get his first choices for quint either robert shaw is who needs to play quint i i'm sorry i cannot see sterling hayden playing this role that was his first choice i don't think it was his first i think that was his second choice but there was one other that is escaping me at the moment but it was just like i i don't see it where Robert Shaw, he brings he brings a humanity to it that mm-hmm. I, I I don't think Sterling Hayden would. I, and I'm I'm not dissing Sterling Hayden. We have sort of this on running joke with <laughs> with Anthony, and, right. and I don't. I, I'm you guys I, are so I'm mean mess, to Sterling Hayden. I'm messing around with it. Um, to be honest with you, I th- I, I do think that he can be miscast. <laughs> Let's put it that sure. way. I I think I don't think he's right in The Godfather, for example. But at the same time, he's a great strength on screen. But Robert Shaw has a humanity that he infuses. And part of it is he wrote, he expanded that USS Indianapolis speech significantly himself. As I recall, either it wasn't in the script or it was just like a really short like mention of the Indianapolis. And he fleshed it out made it very personal and the way he delivers it in essentially most of it is a one take thing, mm-hmm. you know, and that it, it has a few insert shots, yeah, a couple of different course. angles on, on a couple things, but most of it is him kind of to the side, sort of side glancing at the camera with Hooper sort of in the blurry background next to him. And it's just like, it, it's intense. It's intense, but he's not, emotional about it no that's part of what makes it so effective yeah Yeah, that's what i was about to say too that's why it it works so much better than if it was something that was like like a super emotional scene i don't know like coming from this character it it's so much more intense that he doesn't get emotional about it because you can still see that behind him you know right right you know and there's there's just something about that the chemistry between those three actors that I, I mean, I cannot see anyone else in these roles. I know. <laughs> Which is. I, I, I love the sneaky humor of this movie. Yes. too. It gets to me like every single time, like from the moment, like every little thing that, okay, Hooper is my favorite. <laughs> I can't help it. He's Hooper's he's really so funny. funny. Well, when they're comparing <laughs> wounds, like we were saying before, it's, um, there's such a great bonding moment. <laughs> it's it's a great bonding moment, but that part I think he almost breaks character because he, yeah. he like pulls open his shirt and, You're and wearing he says, a sweater. And so, so point here, and yeah, and, and and Brody says you're wearing a sweater and and, and Hooper kind of goes well, no. Doesn't Quint say that? No, I, it's bro, bro, Brody off camera. It's oh, okay. I'm, per, I'm I'm like 99% sure it's Brody. But he he just and he and he's just no. Um it, but it, it looks like he's taken off guard. But yeah. and 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 there's something about again just enough of that sort of improvisational nature within this mm-hmm. wonderful tight script structure of the film, you know, that 
makes it work. I mean, because there are some things like Spielberg was like, how do I make this work when I don't have a shark that's working? How do I make this movie work? Well, yeah, well great what you do is you have the, he realized that, I think. But also mm-hmm. then he's like, OK, how do we solve this problem? Barrels. The barrels will indicate the presence of the shark. Mm-hmm. I mean, even when they do show the or shark. like the, the dock. They, yeah. The, when the, the dock, dock gets pulled down. And that's an interesting scene, too. Can we talk about I like that? that one? Is there more that you want to talk about with the U.S.? I, I mean, everyone's talked about the USS Indianapolis speech. Yeah. Uh, I doesn't. I love just the, like the, the show the me the bonding. way to go home. I yeah. love that. That's how I wanted yeah. to start. The, I was going to start singing. The way to go home. Yeah. Tired and I want to go to bed. Uh, I just wanted to say that, yeah, that's always been like one of my favorite scenes, too, but. Again, because I had, I think because I had read that article about Quint and just kind of made me looking more yeah. at his character, um, the the bonding and like kind of the true joy and respect, you know, that's happening between him and Hooper in, mm-hmm. in that scene is really sweet because they kind of have like a little contentious. Well, of uh, course they do. I mean, because throughout the you... movie, because Hooper's the expert, but he doesn't have like the experience right. of Quint. So he they one they of the of things that's heads. interesting though is that the is that when they catch the tiger shark, I think they mm-hmm. both know that it's not the shark oh, yeah. because they show they show Hooper, you know, measuring the mouth and getting getting showing that that's how he knows. Yeah, Quint is looking from his boat. He's looking from the orca. They show him sort of at a distance that he's just kind of shaking his head and laughing mm-hmm. at the people on the shore. He's like, that's not the shark. It's, he just knows. I mean, there's that instinct of him. So, I mean, it sets up sort of the, in a way, the characters being two sides of the same coin. I yeah. mean, both having, um, I mean, obviously, <laughs> there's a great line where it's like, um, you pay for all this to yourself. Yeah, it's like yeah. it's like so. Really, you rich? Yeah, you yep. rich? Yep. <laughs> just just so matter of fact, I think that's so funny. He's just like, yeah. Just me um, or the family? Is that something like that? Yeah. yeah, it's pretty good. I love that part. So I think that's that's really fascinating. So when they finally do bond, because like you know, because he's saying college doesn't teach you everything. You know, your fancy like, education you got, doesn't you teach you. You got city hands. The, yeah. Yes, the city hands. It's like he doesn't give you the, the all that education doesn't help you admit when you're wrong, you know, um, that kind of stuff. It's pretty good stuff. And and obviously his response is to be like an immature kid and make faces at him. I know, is, <laughs> but that's hilarious. It's It's... Excellent. I mean, it's... or like when he's first introduced and they're you know, he's trying to tell the guys like you're overloading the boat and everything. It's like ha, 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 they're all gonna die. <laughs> yeah, and he's just he's just so perfect at delivering those kind of lines. You're Is gonna there, want that. Uh... You're gonna want to let that breathe. Nothing. Yeah, nothing. <laughs> She's pouring yeah. the wine. <laughs> oh, it just pours that whole huge tumbler full of full of wine. It's, oh, it's great. But just Robert um, Shaw, I think, just kind of has like again with the way that his character set up and the way that he his look in the movie with the mm-hmm. the, the sideburns and he looks very much like an old fisherman, like he's supposed to be. You know, when yeah. he but when he smiles and laughs in that scenes, it feels so genuine. And yeah. to me, it's just it's very cute. <laughs> I don't that's not a good word, well, but you know what I mean. I I really feel that you really feel like this is the the, the real him. There's also a line that I didn't really that didn't really. St- 
dawn on me and sort of this part that didn't really dawn on me until this viewing, which is weird. I've seen this a billion times. I don't know how many times I've seen it, but this didn't, I didn't really think about this before. At the end of the speech about the Indianapolis, he says, I'll never put on a life jacket again. And then there's the part after he's pushed the boat, he's, it's, it's basically signed their death warrant. Uh, I mean, as far as the life of the boat goes, mm. I mean, it's, it's no longer working. <laughs> Uh, he's pushed it <laughs> just like the shark. He did the he did the throttle right. He did the <laughs> throttle, you know, and it and he burned out his engine. Pretty much is what happened. You know, he did it to himself. He knows they're kind of reaching their last resorts, and he goes down, and he puts his hand up on the life jacket rack, and then he comes back out and he throws a life jacket to Brody and one to Hooper, mm-hmm. and they all just kind of sit there and they're just kind of looking at this and they're all kind of silent and they all i think they're all thinking the same thing it's like we're out of options what do you got and then he's like willing to finally say he's will he's realized i think that he's gone too far uh, this is uh quint that he's kind of fucked up yeah. and i i think he's actually gotten to that point and he says hooper uh what what do you got I mean, that's a huge admission for a man like Quint. It's like yeah. to to say that, you know, I've run out of all of my tricks. What does this fancy equipment you got do? And so, and, set and the it's whole Brody. Thing with the shark you know, cage and everything. Yeah, yeah, and Brody's the one who kind of objects. You, you got any better suggestions? That's <laughs> it. And that cut immediately to Brody and then the, sh- the shark. I mean, that's another one that's like this brilliant transition that. I mean, mm. it, you don't even notice necessarily as the switch is right to building the shark cage. Um, mm. Yeah. One of my but, other favorite sequences with Quint is um, when they're first like kind of fishing yeah. and the, the line mm-hmm. like moves like just a little bit and the way he just slowly straps himself mm. in. I love while, that part. While Brody is over there like practicing Tying his knots up. and everything. I don't know. I yeah, I love that part for some reason. <laughs> He's doing the hole. The rabbit goes into the hole. Goes out of the hole. Goes around the tree. You know, these are like Boy Scout things. <laughs> or the that eel. I the eel goes in the cave. Yeah, and goes around. Right, goes back right. In the cave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's and but then and then that great transition. Hey, I got it. Then the shark or whatever is on the end of his line takes off. Mm. It's it's really a great way to build tension and release it, it like that. Again, I feel like it's it's just kind of perfect. I mean, how how he's this good this soon is. I mean, some argue he's never been that good again, but I disagree. But um, I think he's E.T. is my personal favorite. But you know, this is just an incredible movie, incredible movie. And I'm I not. It's hard. How do you rank movies like Jaws, E.T., Jurassic Park, Schindler's List? I mean, how do you rank? <laughs> right. I, it's pretty impossible. Um, they tried on they tried on um, screen drafts, and I bet you know a hundred different people would come up with a hundred different lists. They did a Spielberg um, draft. They did a Spielberg. Draft. Oh God! They, they ranked no. they ranked everything in his filmography. Oh my God! I mean so. that that just comes down to personal preference. It, it does stuff like Spielberg yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so anyway. The, the whole idea of not showing the shark. I mean, obviously, there was practical yeah, every, reasons for everybody that. Everybody knows that stuff. Yeah. yeah. But there's a, there's an interesting scene, though. You were talking about the scene with the, the doc. doc. 
Uh-huh. Now, this is the one scene in the movie that I find really kind of fascinating because you don't need it in the movie. It could, it could, that scene could lift right out and you don't lose anything of the plot. The, the whole idea of the, of the reward is, is kind of played out in the next scene. Um, the, they have all the fishermen that, yeah. Yeah. It's kind it of so, cut straight to that. Sure. Yeah. They're not characters that come back. It's almost like its own short little film, its own short little suspense film. And, you know, the whole thing with the roast is really funny. And it's but his wife's holiday roast. It's his wife's holiday roast. Yeah. <laughs> and the, the only thing that the deputy makes a comment about a, a freezer full of meat being empty, um, yeah. you know, <laughs> but that's but the, even that could just be excised off and you have a have a clean break from the previous sequence to that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like it's not. But some somehow I I, mean, I would never want to lose the scene though. I know. Because there's this something time watching about, it, I was like, I really like this scene. <laughs> yeah, there's the it adds to the texture of it. It's uh, again, it's that shot day for night thing, and you can kind of tell because it's that very blue, um, and it's but it's just a fantastic. Uh, the the one thing it sets up is the idea that you can not see the shark but see the effects of the shark Mm -hmm. so you can see the um the moving dock coming back towards him i think that probably gave spielberg the idea later when the shark wasn't working in the scenes he really wanted it to work and he said i can use the barrels the barrels sure and so that's the one thing that seems to really make it i mean but i mean as far as plot it doesn't forward the plot at all but it's at the same a, time, it's a reminder that this is a 70s film and not everything in 70s films have to apply to the plot. And I, sure. I hate it when people say everything has to be about the plot. Who cares? That's not the, that's not what we're doing here. I mean, if, it's, we if it's good, if it's good, good and it doesn't slow it down, if it doesn't mess up the, your, your pacing, then who cares? You know, leave it in. Why can't we just do a good, fun, suspense, like horror type sequence, which is... Yeah basically what it is and it's also kind of i think the shot of them like the dock falling and them falling in the water is kind of funny too yeah and they're kind of like sneaky funny but yeah it's, can we it's, go home now all that you know it's, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's really funny actually we better stop this before somebody like catches us or like turns us in or something but it's also it's it's good i mean it's something that like a, a lot of horror movies you know take from you know like just being very suspenseful without actually you know seeing what it is but yeah like you said just kind of showing the effects of it like the way that the first the dock is pulled out so far and then then the way that it comes back you know it just kind of Mm -hmm. it shows like how aggressive and dangerous you know whatever is underneath the water that you know we hopefully get to eventually see you know is but you just gotta you gotta set that up first. You gotta you gotta ramp it up in the in the viewer, and then that's yeah. what a scene like that does. It definitely does. It definitely does. Thinking about the characters, Chief Brody. Okay, now this is my working assumption of this movie. Chief Brody has moved from New York, right? I suggest he has changed his name from oh, Sonny gosh. Grasso. <laughs> Of the French Connection and the Seven <laughs> sure. Ups, he's had enough of that world, that undercover, the you know gritty William Friedkin world, and has decided to move out to Amity Island, where nothing exciting ever happens, <laughs> and maybe to hide out from the drug lords that are on his tail or something like that. 
So this is a direct sequel to um, sure. <laughs> French Connection and the Seven Ups. Um, now, Chief if, Brody is... If that's how you want to see it, you you go right on Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And then later, he decides to move back to Broadway and become a, uh, you know, <laughs> no. a, a choreographer. Aww. And uh, <laughs> so, so to me, they're all in the same universe. You know, I'm, I'm just kidding. I don't think all that jazz quite fits into the <laughs> to, into that continuity. But I stand by my idea that sure. that it stands in that it works in the in the French Connection continuity. <laughs> but Brody's interesting, of course, because obviously he's doesn't like the water. That that's one it's of kind of like an arachnophobia. <laughs> yeah. Well, it is. It is. I mean, that's that's a. Obvious, I think, connection um, that was. There's taken also a pretty obvious, this. like Spielberg connection between the two movies I know, that we've I know. talked about today. Yeah, yeah, but I love I, that first think... scene with um, him and his wife. Oh yeah, it's like <laughs> the, the yard, not too far from uh, the car. <laughs> it's like, how's that? Sounds like you're from New York. <laughs> yep. Uh, uh, Lorraine Gary is is yes. tremendous in kind of a thankless role. But mm-hmm. she's really great. And there are a couple of scenes. I think, the the for me, the family sequences kind of get overlooked. There's the part where Michael comes in and he has cut his hand on the swing. Say, I got attacked by a vampire. And he's got that. He's got sort of a speech impediment. I love that. That he has sort of, he says vampire, you know. Uh, it, it, <laughs> like it's, a little kid does. It's very him. natural. I, I, yeah. and I think that naturalistic stuff. And one of the things I realized, you know, I love, I've always thought it was funny that there were two phones on the wall, you know, and he picks up the wrong one first. I, I didn't really understand that before, but it's almost like he, this is the emergency line. Yeah. So he, he picks up that emergency line and there's sort of interesting thing happening here that I think happens throughout the whole town sequence. The first half of the movie is you have, him in the foreground talking about this thing that's going on. And then you have them in the background dealing with his hand being cut and everything like that. Mm -hmm. And the whole and there's sort of like an audio foreground and an audio background too. So, and it happens throughout the movie. I I, I think when it comes back in like the town hall meeting, it says, we're going to, are you going to, are you going to close the beaches? It's like, yes, we are. And then the mayor, only 24 hours, only 24 hours. And you hear someone shout out, 24 hours is like three weeks. Yeah. It's just it, all I... these textures of sound and visuals. And so, like I said, you know, you can really see the foregrounds and backgrounds and the deep focus and all that stuff, split diopter, all the things that mm-hmm. he's using visually. He's using the same kinds of things audio, uh, yeah. auditorily as well. And I, I think that is, it's incredible. And, and, and one of the, it, you know, like the, when the water laps up over the camera, you hear like it's, un, the sound changes to like you're underwater. I mean, it's just mm-hmm. details like that. That they had to do, they had to make that happen because they obviously, they probably couldn't use half the audio that they recorded on production, you know, because wind and everything out in the elements out there. Well, but for scenes in like, like you were talking about the 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 town hall meeting, um, yeah, I noticed that this time too, where it's that. 70s that Altman thing of like all these different conversations going on at the same time where like there's not really even the people that are closest to camera like that's not necessarily the most important or the yeah. loudest conversation it's just right. as loud as whatever conversation the people behind them are having right but I mean that's that's adding like texture and, and realness 
to the movie because that's how it really would be if you were in that situation you had all these people panicking at the same time you know and that's that's just i don't know that's just more real (laughs) i don't think that's very funny I just don't think that's funny. I just don't think I that's funny. That. I love, I love, I love that, that part. I love that part. And she's the one. You know, are you going to close the beach? You know, she's like a motel owner or something like that. Never. You'll never be an islander. You weren't born here. You're not an islander. Yeah. <laughs> right. But the family stuff, I think, is kind of gets overlooked because there's some really great moments. I, I, I love the scene where the little boy is imitating him. Yeah. I mean, that's... Everybody loves that scene. <laughs> that's that's <so> beautiful. <laughs> Her watching them is just as beautiful, you know? Oh, I know. I know. And then after Michael sort of gets the scare and he's taken to the hospital, um, it's like, do you want anything from home? Your cars. Uh, ice cream? Coffee. 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 But then... Brody hands him, is it David, the younger one? I, I can't remember. Um, and Michael says, and Sean. Sean, Sean, sorry. So give, give, hands Sean over to her and says, well, you want to take him home? And she asks to New York. <laughs> and he says, no, home here. Yeah. That's also a really interesting sequence because the mayor is just shaken to his core. I mean, he's like, um, um, you know, my kids, were my kids beach. were on that beach too. Yeah, don't be the mayor from Jaws. Never be the mayor from Jaws. Never be from be the mayor from Jaws. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> he's just going to ignore this particular problem <laughs> until it swims up and bites him on the ass. Uh, so you can kind of see, see why people latched onto this movie as it's a it, during COVID. You know, because there was sort of this obviously lots of. You know, people in authority, mistrust of, or people ignore, like politicians in particular, uh, ignoring that there was a problem. This, in a way, seemed to be like a better analogy to it all than like a zombie movie or an outbreak movie. <laughs> this this just made more sense in a lot of ways because the yeah. mayor is, is and, it, and the fact that this was made 50 years ago almost makes you realize, you know, how much do people really change? <laughs> how much do <laughs> systems really change? How much do politicians and things like that really change? I like um, Mrs. Birdie's, like, kind of subtly funny. What is her name in the movie? What's her first name? <laughs> Ellen. Ellen. God, I have bad memory. She has some nice little, like, subtly funny moments too that's like oh, some, she does she's that's some stuff. of my favorite parts of the movie this time around because i was like I, I already know all like the cool stuff with the shark and everything like i want to pay attention to like the other like little stuff and it was mostly the humor that i picked up on this time yeah. around yeah um and i like i love the part where um uh, michael's uh like early birthday present is that boat and you know he's Brody is like telling him to get out of it and she's like no he's he's in a boat he's not actually going in the water it's okay and then she looks down at the picture in the book of the shark and he's like yeah. did you hear your father get out of the boat my I remember my mom distinctively <laughs> bringing up that part uh-huh. you know thinking that was really funny I mean, so is. and Her- speaking of speaking of my mom uh, this is really one of the weirdest things about this movie to me Okay. Is uh, the actress that plays Mrs. Kittner, mm-hmm. Lee Fierro, looks exactly like my mom at like 35. It is wild. Um, so even I remember like wedding pictures. My mom had um, 
my parents' wedding picture, she's wearing like this floppy hat, uh-huh. just like, uh, just like <laughs> Mrs. Kittner's wearing on the beach. Yeah. I'm like, it is, it is uncanny. I mean, glasses, <laughs> hairstyle, everything. It's eerie in a way. Um, anyway, that always has kind of been one of those things where it's like, hey, my mom just slapped Chief Brody. You know, <laughs> good mom. Yeah. Even though you slapped the wrong person, but whatever. Well, uh, <laughs> but the thing, but the thing is, she <laughs> when Mayor Vaughn says she's wrong, he says no, she's not. I yeah. think that is really a powerful moment too, and <laughs> so many great sort of little moments in this movie. Like, um, it's a tiger shark. Uh, what? Uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> Love that guy. I mean. That's that's, just that's like, his like shining moment. That's his claim <laughs> to fame. Movie. I mean, he's uh, a gift. He's a gift now. I know. I mean, it's, it's been memed. <laughs> I like the um the part where they're kind of uh, when he's Brody is flipping through the book and like all the yeah. pictures oh, of yeah. like the uh, shark the shark bite victim. shark attack victims and everything. And there's also one thing I loved. There's also the picture of the six scientists inside the um the megalodon the m- yeah, jaws the meg, yeah. mm-hmm. which is the picture that um inspired author steve alton to uh write what would become the movie the meg those his, his, yeah. seri- his series of books the meg series is like one of my favorite series of books ever and really i've never I, i've never read them i haven't seen the movie either oh the books are, they're so much fun. I, I've i been reading them like since the first one came out in like in 95 or something. There's about yeah. seven of them now, I think. Um, oh, they're, wow. they're so much fun. But I remember him telling, this is the story that he always tells. Like that's the picture that he saw that um, kind of inspired his, his love of sharks and eventually him, you know, writing those books. So I was, yeah. I was happy to see that just on a little personal <laughs> level. Sure. Um, well, one then, of the things that's interesting, too, I mean, related to that book, you know, showing yeah. all those sort of medical things, when you have Brody, I'm sorry, not Brody, Hooper doing the autopsy or the medical, his own medical examination, and he's just describing everything, mm-hmm. you get images in your mind. Because sure. you've seen those pictures in the book. I mean, it, but it's not gory at all. It's all descriptive except when he picks up the hand. You know, ev- otherwise it is just completely inside your imagination. That's well, and it's from his his too. reaction when yeah. he's, he's like mm-hmm. supposed to be the expert and he's and like he just kinda, really disturbed <sighs> by it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah could, I, could I have some water, please? Do not <laughs> smoke in here. Do not smoke you. in here. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> love that line. <laughs> yeah. uh, I love that bar. <laughs> well, and also even just like when he's his reactions as he's cutting open the tiger shark and mm-hmm. just the smell. You can smell it practically because yeah, exactly. of his reactions. and. You know, Richard Dreyfus is. Um, it, I love young Richard Dreyfus. I like mm-hmm. this, the Goodbye Girl. I think he's great in um, Close Encounters. That energy that he has, this sort of bizarre, crazy energy he's got that has sort of mellowed a lot in later years, is pretty contagious. He's really fun to watch in these he kinds is. of movies. Yeah, he has a lot of energy in this movie. Yeah, I like yeah. it. I love his voice too, for some reason. Oh yeah. He's got a great voice. Something about the voice I really mm-hmm. like. There's a clinical clinical name for it. Yeah, drowning. See, this movie is hilarious. Why is it, it not really partially is. It really is. a comedy? <laughs> well, and that's one of the things that I, I think that's one of the reasons why it's so successful. 
people have brought up this before, that it's essentially a Roger Corman movie with a bigger budget, which is true. In fact, Roger Corman would come back on that and say, okay, we're going to take that and uh, we're going to make Piranha. Um, so, which, you know, Joe Dante was kind of like, hasn't that kind of played out by now? I mean, because 1978, <laughs> you know, he's like, oh, no, it'll be fine. There is a Jaws joke in Piranha, as I recall. I'm sure there is. I've not seen Piranha all the way through to my shame. I'll probably cut this out if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's because there's a shot of a kid playing a killer shark video game in Jaws. Yes. And then in Piranha, there's a shot of somebody playing a Jaws video game. Oh, okay. (laughs) Arcade game. (laughs) Sure. No, I believe that. I I mean, Joe Dante is just so smart of a director Mm -hmm. that I can't imagine he wouldn't include visual gags like that. Oh, it's yeah. It's it's deliberately like from Jaws. Yeah. 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 There's another, like, kind of visual thing that I noticed Mm -hmm. this time around that I really liked. Like, I Mm -hmm. always like the scene where um, uh, Hooper and Brody are, again, trying to convince Vaughn, you know, that there's a problem and everything. And it's in front of the the sign that was graffitied. Like, that's always been, like, a famous shot from the movie because Mm -hmm. of the the funny graffiti and everything. But just kind of, like, looking at at Universal Studios. Yeah, just looking at it again and the way it's like the way that it's framed is like I guess sort of technically like not really how it's supposed to be like the person that's talking Hooper like only like part of his head is in the the frame mm-hmm. at one point which is like sometimes you don't really want to do but it, it works so much better now because it's that it's that low angle kind of hero shot. Mm-hmm. Honestly, it was that scene that really made me realize the whole f- thing I was talking about with the 3d making sort of the compositions pop it, because mm-hmm. they keep moving around yeah. each other in these various ways in that part um, that I think is really impressive. And then, you know, there's certain problems that Spielberg had that he was solving and he solves them with sort of these ingenious technical innovations. Like he wanted to see Brody's point of view watching, watching the ocean, you know, watching, you know, the, in the scene where Kittner, yeah. where the boy dies, uh, he, he wanted to show his point of view, but he also wanted to show his reactions. So it was like, how do I do that? And, but he didn't want it to be like cut, 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 cut. He wanted it to feel seamless. So what does he do? He sends people back and forth in front of the camera in different colored mm-hmm. bathing suits doing wipes essentially then make it look like a continuous shot and then you know you get great lines like you know that's some bad hat harry uh <laughs> and then the dog be disappearing and everything and it just leads well, up to that moment yeah. where the the best i'm sorry even better than Hitchcock in Vertigo, the Vertigo effect of when he realizes that someone is being attacked by the shark. That is one of the, I, I don't think that there's a use of that effect that has it's ever like, been it's that perfect. Looking. perfect. Yeah. I mean, it is emotionally perfect. You know exactly what it's trying to convey. You know, I've seen it used very well in lots of movies. I think it's used almost imperceptibly in a scene in Goodfellas that I love. I, I honestly, I think it's the most effective use of that effect ever. Um, and because it's again, me you're dollying, you're dollying <laughs> yeah. in the camera and zooming out at the same time. I think it's the other way around. 
or so is it the other way around? You're zooming in, tracking back. Tracking back. Okay, I can never yeah. remember like exactly yeah. how that's achieved. I remember like yeah. trying, I think, to do something yeah. like that <laughs> before. I was like, I can't do this. You, you can't really do it without you know <laughs> the, <Yeah>. the right <laughs> the right equipment. But yeah, but I can't think of a more effective use of that. You know, even in vertigo and vertigo. I mean, it's it's conveying a point of view, which mm. is great. I mean, obviously, it's a tremendous innovation, but um, here, I mean, just the emotional intensity that it conveys is is something because it's like, oh God, I have screwed up. I, mm-hmm. I think is what <laughs> is what he's feeling in that moment. And, and Roy Scheider, I love that none of the people in this movie were at the time like huge stars, and they still kind of aren't. I mean, Roy Scheider's a. I would I would consider him a cult movie star more than a like except for Jaws, like, movie star. You know what I mean? Most people would only really know him from Jaws. I yeah. only did for the longest time. For yeah. a long time, yeah. And now he's become one of my favorites. I mean, every I know, time I see him, he's just brilliant. He um, But then, you know, even, you know, Richard Dreyfus is a character actor, in my opinion, more than he is, like, a. he's never he's been not, a lead he's actor really type. man. Yeah, and then Robert Shaw... Is sort of like an oldish. It's sort of like not, he wasn't like a golden age of Hollywood actor necessarily, but sort of like that in between era actor. You know, he's just so good in this. They're all three just so. Yeah. And the chemistry. Work. I'm sorry. I feel like I'm stepping on you a lot. I don't mean to be doing that. Well, one thing I like about the scene with where um, the little boy gets killed is again just the, the that setting up and it, it's kind of a hitchcock thing where like you know something's going to happen but the way that mm-hmm. he sets it up to where you don't know who it's going to happen to or when right is it going to be the the lady that's like floating you know out by herself mm-hmm. on her back is it going to be the dog is it going to be the kid is this movie going to be like as this daring movie? to kill a dog or a kid you know, and either the one. kid <laughs> and it does, does it both kill? well does it kill pippet is that yes. confirmed? <laughs> yes. Pippet is, you know, when he's calling for Pippet and his, his little stick is there, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm sure. I'm sorry. Uh, I mean, Pippet doesn't <laughs> show up later, so. Pippet. Pippet. That, that, I mean, come on. That's brutal. And then and then you kill the kid. And the thing is, I, I know people, I think it was my uncle. He saw this, or my wife's uncle. He saw this when he was a kid. And he still is like traumatized by the Kittner death because you know a you, lot see, of blood. you see him you see him flailing <laughs> and the blood is like f- squirting three feet like in the a, air. It's like a gush of yeah. the water is just turned red. <laughs> yeah, the ocean turns red. It's got the blackest eyes, like a doll's eyes. Like a doll's eyes. Sorry, you can't like yeah. can't watch this movie and not like say that kind of stuff. That's right. <laughs> Here's the swimming with bow-legged women. <laughs> oh, that kills me. And the the little the little limerick he does. I know. <laughs> he's like, how did they get this into a PG-rated movie? I just, just well, the so best part funny. is is Ellen's reaction. She just kind of goes, eh. Col- colorful, <laughs> colorful, stares and it? walks away. <laughs> well, she like she like runs off crying. That's one of the things she's sure that. Mm-hmm. I think she's pretty sure I that know. she's lost her husband. Um, yeah. It's, 
which you know I, I understand that though i mean you you get her her reactions and what when she leaves it's just like it just becomes a different movie because you don't have any of those townspeople anymore you don't have any of those other characters anymore um but it sets up the stakes it sets up but what all of them great. are giving up yeah for these people's safety they're essentially thinking they may well be sacrificing themselves for everyone else well, and, and even when they actually see the shark for the first time, they see how big it is, and mm-hmm. that you're going to need to make a boat. Yes, um, like they don't. They Which don't feel I'm like sorry, that is a great line. That it is. is a, and, I mean, it's overused, but it is a great line. And it's it's perfect for what you were just saying. Like yeah. they're not they they're not as equipped as they think they are to deal with this, right. and yet they still do it mm-hmm. because they're right. pretty much the only ones on the island who can and who are. As as prepared as anybody else. <laughs> well, I'm sure that Hooper would be like, why aren't we taking my boat? His his supercharged camera boat with all the huge, giant everything on it, all that equipment that he's got. Yeah. It's like, that's the boat you should be taking, right? Not the rickety old orca that's about to fall apart. But that's, you know, part of the charm. <laughs> right? I know. The the scenes with the, th- yeah I like I love the movie in the first half I love the mood of the 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 horror scary mood of the first half of the movie, um mm-hmm. but this stuff this contained stuff with the three of them yes. has some of the best like adventure and sus- suspense and um comedy again like yeah. I'm sorry mm-hmm. Hoop another part <laughs> Hooper again after they see the shark and he's trying to get Brody. To go out to the end of the thing, it's like I, yeah. I'm trying to get a picture. I need a picture for you know something in the foreground to show the yes. size and the way that they're yelling back and forth at each other. Yeah, <laughs> that's it's hilarious. Great, it's great. Just go out to the end of the pulpit. What? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> <laughs> and and after that, you know, when you have Quint, there's another great shot where it's like a from below where Quint is standing up in the uh, crow's nest and he's just mm-hmm. singing like really really high. <laughs> and it's just going up at him and they're just kind of like there's an there's another line that's important there's and then so, and just this look is where he says why don't we start leading it into shore instead of it leading us out into sea and mm-hmm. and hooper just kind of looks up at quint and back at him and it's like that's all you need to know yeah it's like because quint is has gone full ahab on us and, and there's nothing we can do about it. And that is pretty wild. Yeah. And Quint going down, fighting, you know, grabs the the machete out of the, out of, that he had th- put into the side of the boat earlier. And he's stabbing the shark with it while, while it's eating him. But like, no music and nope. just the, uh, the sounds and like, just really utilizing the the shark and actually like showing it all the score is pretty ah. that's the thing about john williams he also knows when not to use music yeah that i think is really really smart because they only use just like the halloween theme later did the same thing where they only use that theme the when it's actually the shark right so they don't use it when the kids are using the, the fake 
yeah, or pretending to be the shark. They start a panic. There's one of the things that's really kind of it's funny, but it's really dark. This old guy like steals one of the two, one of the like uh, air mattresses from a group of kids and gets on. It. Did I miss that? <laughs> and it, like leaves them behind. It's it's really funny. Like when everyone's panicking really and getting yeah. out of the water. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. I didn't notice and that. Like, and they're like stepping on the old guy and everything. Mm. Oh. That's that's crazy. But anyway, so that's why. So we are. And but then the theme starts when it's the real shark in the, pond. in the pond. And my gosh, when I was a kid, when that leg went down to the bottom of the ocean, that was like horrifying to me. Yeah. That was one of the scariest things I'd ever seen. Um, because, and that's the first glimpse you actually get of the shark because you actually see. Like, I love that the, shot. That is that, where it's eating the guy. That's my boat. favorite shot of the shark is just yeah. that it's kind of turned to the side and yeah. just, you get a you get a glimpse of the size and, uh, yeah. and you're like oh shit even yeah. when it's like full on like out of the water eating quint it's not as scary as something like right. that or when you see like the body just swimming by like just under the surface and just right seeing the size of it that's that's so much more scary to me yeah one thing that's kind of interesting about bruce is the shark the shark is that he's he's really jowly (laughs) he has these really big like nixon jowls um but the the reason why that was and it's not in any of the others because they had they built different sharks obviously but he had these screws had like these big bolts inside there for the jaw and mm. so the only way they could cover that up was by giving it this really big jowls. <laughs> it's pretty funny. And um, the one and two doesn't have that. It's it's um, it looks more like a real shark. It looks more like a real um, great white because they show obviously they have real footage of a real yeah. great white and it doesn't have those jowls. Right. You know? <laughs> uh, yeah. um, so they they keep the the real shark footage pretty minimal though it's only a couple of shots it's like like underwater stuff yeah yeah the underwater shot yeah um that's pretty great (laughs) but um oh i I forgot where i was going with all this sorry i I totally lost my train of thought (laughs) there's just a lot to say i guess i know i mean um (laughs) things that have always stood out to me you know like like he little stuff like when um Hooper is going into the cage and uh, he can't spit into his mask to keep it from fogging. It's like, I, I, I got no spit, you know, that, that is always my, my dad said, yeah, he's scared spitless. <laughs> so there, there, and that's another thing. I watched this with my dad. I mean, this was one of those movies that my dad liked. We watch together sometimes. So some of those things are kind of special. I have my, I still, my mom found a bunch of my old videotapes and one of them happened to be Jaws. I'm holding it in my hand right now. I got this. This was the first one of the first videotapes I owned. Of mm-hmm. you know, I got it for Christmas from my grandma. She got me Jaws, Star Wars, the original Star Wars, Excalibur, and Lethal Weapon. <laughs> I was in like sixth grade, uh, and so which is wild. Um, it's a good so group of movies. Yeah, it is. And so I can't believe I still have this videotape, and I can't believe how good it looks still the, it's, pretty it's in like a pristine, pristine shape yeah <laughs> I, I later later i bought the uh i bought the letterbox version of it then i bought the dvd then i bought the blu-ray then i bought the 4k so i've owned this in every format except laserdisc <laughs> which is pretty wild 
and beta, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, well, like you I said, mean, like and, what are what are we saying about Jaws that probably hasn't been said a million times before by by other people? It's just about um, the. the like I said what really got to me this time around was just like the really little things, the little moments between the characters that that make it special. That the reason why it's as long lasting as it is is not just because of the shark and the mm-hmm. the adventure and that kind of stuff, but it's because of the characters That's and right. the the actors and all those little things. Like <laughs> another part that for some reason made me crack up is like after. After oh, they, they cut up, yeah. after they cut open the the tiger shark, and they say like, "Okay, we're gonna go out now," you know, to yeah. we're gonna go out at night to his feeding ground on the boat. Right. And, and like, I can't do that. He's like, yes, you can. I can't do, yes, you can. No, I can't. Yes, you can. Yes, yes you can. <laughs> yes, you will. <laughs> I love that. I love that scene. <laughs> I, I remember where what I was saying now. I I was saying something about the music. So he doesn't use the music in the cardboard thing but he shows it in the pond again mm-hmm. so then when he's out chumming off the bag slow ahead yeah i can go slow ahead why don't you come down and chum some of this shit and the shark pops up out of nowhere that is a jump scare because there's uh-huh. no warning whatsoever that it's the real shark and that is one of That's the sure. brilliances about john williams in this score i mean mm-hmm. I really like this score a lot. Uh, my favorite is E.T. I, I, I'm sorry. I just cannot say enough about that one. But this is just such an effective score. I mean, who would have thought? I mean, it's so effective that, you know, he plays the theme for Steven Spielberg. He's like, yeah, you're joking, right? <laughs> but it's like it works. I mean, who, who has never gone? Who hasn't gone to a... I don't know, to the beach and gone, dun, 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 dun. I mean, you know exactly what that means. It's like the scene from The Holiday when Jack Black is talking about some of his favorite scene, uh, scores for movies and he holds up a DVD of Jaws and he goes, but um, two notes and you've got a villain. There you it's go. Brilliant. <laughs> it's true, though. I mean, yeah. it's really something. So anyway, that's that was just finishing my thought on on John Williams knowing when not to use music as well. Yeah, so. that scene still actually worked for me this time because I was like, okay, I can't mm-hmm. remember the exact beat when it happened. So because uh, yeah. I hadn't actually seen it in a while, so I was like, ah, okay, that that still works. I gotta say, I gotta admit, the Ben Gardner one was the last jump scare that I for me to that, get over. That, that one, never never that got one to me. I don't know used why. To get me, that one used to get me all the time. But now, I mean, I know the beat. I know I know what's going to happen. Uh, and same Ever? with the just chum some of this shit. <laughs> That's the beat. So it's like, it, it's, all, it's, it's very rhythmic the way it happens, mm-hmm. too. Everyone says that, uh, yeah, the guy in the, the boat when... Hooper mm-hmm. finds the tooth has has always been like one of the biggest scares. It's like I don't know that that never really worked on me before. Yeah. But that one it's always, always that one. It, it's always like when um, again, like I was saying, like when the shark, you kind of just barely see the shark. Like that, the mm-hmm. shot of him like getting the guy in the pond. I know that yeah. kind of scares me for some reason yeah. because you don't expect to see as much of the shark because you don't get that shot until like an hour into the movie yep. i think mm-hmm. so that's a long time to wait to actually yep. see it yep and that's a that's a pretty like i said it's a pretty big indication of just how big the shark is and so that's yeah. that really subtle like oh we're just gonna give you the little glimpse is perfect <laughs> yeah and you know i mean i know he 
it sounds like from some interviews, he didn't necessarily intend to show the shark all the time. Sure. So there, there was, it wasn't just because Bruce didn't work. It was also because Spielberg did have some plan for that to, to not show the shark sometimes mm-hmm. too. But I do think he was planning to show it more than he did. Uh, especially during the orca sequences. So most of the times when you have all the barrels and stuff, that was going to be the shark more often. And that's when you do see it the most. Yeah. Is in the last um, half of the movie. Yeah. So it's interesting, you know, they that they didn't think to try it in salt water. <laughs> y- y- you know? <laughs> <It's just> like, <laughs> hey, live and learn, I guess. But... Um, I think, you know, there are a lot of, this is a movie of kind of happy accidents, partially, too. So, yeah. So, and, but boy, did it make the film better. And I kind of wish, now that in our age of CG and very advanced, you know, practical effects, sometimes I wish they would take some lessons from movies like Jaws and Alien and just show the creature less, you know. Even if you can show the creature, doesn't mean you should, you know. I think that's why, for me, the first Nightmare on Elm Street is so effective, because you barely see Freddy. When you do see him, he's in the dark. I mean, you can barely see him. Uh, I I think that, I just find that more effective for the most part. I think it depends There are a few movies that get away with it. I think that, obviously, the thing gets away with it. It works, you know, um, but, you know. In most cases, but most directors are not John Carpenter. Um, so I think most of the time, it tends to be more effective when you don't show the monster. It depends on the the tone of the movie, though. Oh, if it's something oh of like course. Of Anaconda. Course. Yeah. yeah. You show that thing in full force, like moving around. Yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying. It, the tone of the movie is some is a, an important element, too. But I think if you want it to be scary and mysterious... The less Absolutely. you show it, the better off you're going to be. You know, it's like show evidence of it rather than the whole damn thing. Because, yeah, it's a cliche, but it's totally true. Like, what you imagine is always worse than what you see sometimes. Yep. <laughs> that's why pe- that's why it's a cliche. That's why people say it all the time. You know, that's it's right. one of those things. That's like, right. that's, yeah, that's just kind of how it is. <laughs> I don't know that I have anything else to add. I know. I just, like, we've just been having a lot of, like, random uh, things that we, we like about this movie. Cause yeah. And I could honestly go on for another hour about things that I like about the movie, but I I think I think I'm good um, is what I mean. <laughs> Jaws is a good movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I and the every time I see it, I I like it just as much or more. Or I just find something else that I like more. Yeah. I I don't think of a lot of movies as perfect, but to me, this is I wouldn't. I can't think of anything I would change, including, mm. you know, Jowly Bruce and, <laughs> you know, um, sort of the, the like I was saying, what time is it at the beginning of that movie? Because <laughs> uh, there's there's a shot of, the sunset? Sun, <laughs> shot of the sunset, then there's a shot where it looks like it's in the moonlight, then there's a, anyway, but, you know, whatever. So I know Brian is not so much a fan of these types of movies. <sighs> However... My favorite animal attack movie is all of them. So, <laughs> so you're gonna it's, give us your top it's one twenty of my animal attack movies. <laughs> it's like, and one I'm of my gonna favorite. say I've seen that one, and <laughs> I haven't seen that one. That that'll be my input. 
I just have so much fun with these. It's one of my favorite subgenres. And yeah, I, I, it was kind of a thing that we thought about. I was like, oh, let's do, we could do another like separate episode on like some of my, my other favorite like animal attack movies. And Brian was like, I don't think I could even come up with five. And I have a whole whole page here. Like, come on. These are okay, great. Well, well let, let's see. <laughs> let's, let's hear them. Let's hear them. <laughs> I didn't say that they were great movies. They are great movies to me because I love them. But some of them are actually so like genuinely good. Because. <laughs> Just like some of my top favorites, uh, Deep Blue Sea, obviously. I, I did an episode of Scary Cats on that one because it's like one of my favorites. Um, I would love to talk about Eight-Legged Freaks sometime too. I know Brian is <laughs> giving me a look like no, but. Okay. I, 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 I'll do Kingdom of the Spiders. That I is also on my list. With Kingdom of the Spiders. That scares me more than arachnophobia does because those are tarantulas. Okay, tarantulas and look cuter to me. N- no, they're they're big and hairy, and there are far too many of them crawling all over people in Kingdom of the Spiders, and it traumatized me. <laughs> but I love it's another one of those guess, where it's like I guess to me the little ones are seem sneakier. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great one, though. Um, the, the Shallows, uh, Rogue. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, you got to see Rogue. Uh, oh, I haven't the seen Gray, Rogue. The Gray, which is mostly a survival story, but there is kind of an element of it. I saw it pop up a lot on, like, you know, favorite animal attack movies. And I was like, yeah, that's just a, a really good movie. So for anybody that hasn't seen it yet, definitely check out The Gray. Anaconda, like I said before, like, silly, I've ridiculous. I've never seen Anaconda. So much fun. You have to. <laughs> In Another, the same vein uh, is stuff like uh, Lake Placid, Piranha 3D, um, Congo. Okay, I am a defender of Congo. I almost hey, you know who else Congo. is a defender of Congo? Of Congo, Roger Ebert. I'm not kidding. <laughs> I love Congo. He, he was a fan of Congo. I I almost paired Congo with 2001. <laughs> But I was like, that's going to make Brian I, ha- I haven't seen it, but I have a feeling that's probably... I I, paired, I don't want to spoil what I paired it with, but you heard what I paired it with. Come on. Yeah. So listen to the Cult Movies podcast if you want to know what we paired 2001 with. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the recent one with Idris Elba, Beast. Um, I'm, I keep coming right. back to that I one because I thought that yet. was really good. Um, yeah, it looked interesting. Cujo was a big one. Um, another f- super fun one. Snakes on a plane. You know, Adore snakes it. on a plane. I, 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 I dig snakes on a plane. I go I'm good, with the on snakes on a plane. The classic is alligator. Um, oh yeah, ticks. Haven't uh, seen big ticks. ass spiders. A fun one. Uh, Stung is one from like not too long. I think 2015 or something. It's a little indie one. I think Screen Factory might have put out of a Blu-ray okay. of it, where it's I think it's like giant wasp or something at some kind of outdoor dinner party but it was like it was a really good one um i don't love this one but it's kind of hilarious to me is orca the killer whale <laughs> i saw that one just this last year it's it's a movie it's a movie <laughs> it's it's a lot of movie uh the meg like i mentioned before like i love the books the the movie version of the meg wasn't really what i wanted to be honest but <laughs> The major thing about uh, the Meg is that the the Megalodon in the book was pure white, okay, mm. because it had been living at the bottom of the Mariana Trench for you know like forever. So like it had that bioluminescence thing going on, but they for some reason they couldn't 
make that work with the movie. So in the movie, it's just like a giant great white. It would have been so much more creepy if it was like a pure white shark, don't you think? I don't know. I haven't seen it. Well, just imagine Jaws, but like well, 20 times bigger. And that's that's the Meg. <laughs> All right. It's just a giant great white. But in the, like I said, in the book, it's, it was white. I thought that would have been a lot more fun. Shark Night is super fun, too. I love Shark Night. <laughs> um, have you seen... Uh, you like Larry Fessenden. Have you seen Beneath? I haven't seen Beneath yet. No. That's a good one. Okay. It's kind of more, I think it's more like a character type of thing, but there is a, a giant fish like under the lake where the, the okay. characters are. So I, I have to. That's a good one. I have to look and see if it's in my collection or not. A couple more. Um, Bait is a really good one. The Ghost in the Darkness. <laughs> I've never seen that, but I've wanted. I, I've Yeah. That's the one with. The, oh. Like a lion, killer yeah. lion thing. Yeah. And then there's like some silly ones too, like uh, Man's Best Friend. Oh, and I think there's the one called one. Robot Dog, Robot uh-huh. Cujo. <laughs> or it's like got different DNA from different <laughs> animals mm-hmm. in it or something. Um, there's another one. I think it's just called Rottweiler. Oh, I okay. remember watching yeah, I remember that. I remember something about that. I think that's more like a ro- robot thing. Yeah. Um, Long weekend, um, not the nest, but they nest, also known as creepy crawlers. The um, nest is pretty great. I haven't seen that one. You think I'm gonna like that one? Flesh so I'm eating have to watch cockroaches. <laughs> I'm telling How could you, you not. How could you not like that? Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, and there's like a human cockroach hybrid. I love it. I love it already. Pretty cool. And then I know a lot of people don't really love this one, but Primeval, I think, is kind of an interesting one too. Okay, okay. it's another like uh, giant. Killer crocodile in Africa. Yeah, yeah. I know it's an obvious one, but I, I've already said it. I do love the birds. I know that it's it's a slow burn. It takes a long time for the bird attack stuff to happen. It's very character driven, which is, in a way, kind of makes it feel a little bit like Jaws in a way, um, though it doesn't start with an attack like Jaws does to sort of keep you going. But, you know, I, I still love the birds. What are some you haven't mentioned? Uh, I There was something I was thinking of. I can't remember what it was. Sorry. There's a lot. There's ones from like the 70s and some mm. of the earlier ones too that I, I The I Deadly Bees seen, and the Swarm like, were ones yeah, that I remember seeing like as a kid. The swarm, that were Squirm, Squirm. Um, I haven't seen Grizzly. <laughs> That's a fun one. Now, the Prophecy is a mute. Seven bear. S's. The, the Prophecy is a mutant bear. Does that count? I haven't seen that. Oh, okay. Prophecy is great. Yeah. <laughs> Nutty. That's a crazy movie. Um, yeah. So, uh, oh, I, I remember what I was going to say. Uh, this is a pretty recent watch for me, but of unknown origin. Uh, directed by George Cosmatos, starring Peter Weller, dude tearing up, uh, uh, up his house looking for a rat that's like crazy giant rat. I Pretty see that great. One. It's yeah. really good. It's really good. It's one that I had. I remembered seeing the videotape as a kid, like a lot, you know. So I recognized the picture. But Brian Sauer would bring it up a lot as mm-hmm. one of his favorite rat movies. And you know how he likes animal attack movies, yes, he does. especially <laughs> rat movies. I mean, his, his big one, I'm listening to old episodes of, of uh, pure cinema now. And he talks about deadly eyes, like he does. You know, <laughs> 20% of the time on that show. Um, I was like, I see that one too. Yeah. I'm kicking myself because I had the book 
like the paperback, but I sold it back for some reason and I cannot find it again. And now it's, oh. I'm looking on eBay and stuff and it's like really expensive. So Ooh. of course, of course. So it's the worst. So anyway. yeah, there we go. I love animal tech movies and these are some of the best ones and two of my, mm-hmm. my favorite ones. So that we covered today, but yeah, I really could do like 20 more episodes, <laughs> but Brian wouldn't be into that. That's okay. Oh, uh, I mean, I love I love Cujo. Like, legitimately love Cujo. That's one of we the, could do that as a Stephen yeah, King episode. That was kind of a formative Stephen King movie for me. Uh, it was the one that I thought was really I found really scary. I watched it with a friend, and I remember it well. Um, seeing it for the first time, and it was just like it really freaked me out. But I guess I haven't hit a lot of the. I honestly haven't hit a lot of the, I was going to say a lot of the deep cuts, but then I was like, I haven't hit a lot of the big titles. <laughs> I mean, geez, the fact I've never seen Anaconda. I That's partially because Everybody's I, I just wasn't that interested. <laughs> I was like, I just don't know if I want to see Anaconda, but. Yes, you do. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, I'm sure it's a good time. But I hear John Voight has an amazing accent in it. That's what yes, I yes. hear. That's all I know about it. So. Babies. He's talking about baby snakes. All right, you'll see. Okay. Well, I do own it. You did send me the DVD, so I, I don't you really have an excuse. It. I sent you the gray, too. Yeah, so. and the gray. Yeah. So I got I to gotta go through that box of DVDs and it's like, there's treasures in there. I'm telling you. thing is... Uh, school is almost out for me. We're recording this on six nine. <laughs> nice. Anyway, um, so I I only have a week in week and a half really left of school, and so I'm I'm just like I I just want to watch a bunch of movies. That's all I want to do. You're ready? For and I have so many to watch. It's it's insane. I have. It's the constant battle. I've I've been I've been I've been engaging in far too much, you know, Blu-ray purchase therapy this year. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. this is it's been a rough year. (laughs) So I've just bought movies like crazy. It's like, and I haven't had time to watch most of them. You're gonna get your chance soon. Eternal struggle. Of course, I'm probably just gonna like hibernate all summer because I've been so tired. I'm digressing now, though. So. Here's our plan for this summer. So this is our uh, one of our summer episodes for July. This is going to be our main episode. We might pop in with a bonus episode. Uh, we've thought of a couple of different ideas that might be fun, sort of like listicle episodes. Listicle? List episodes. <laughs> uh, listicle is the weirdest word. I know. I know it's, a, it's like list and article smashed together. That's not... Yeah. <laughs> I, it sounds like testicle to me. <laughs> um, anyway. Go on. <laughs> um, I've had too much coffee this morning. Um, but anyway, we are going to be back with another main episode in yes. August when we're going to be doing Kid Venture. So hey. we've each brought. Uh, now, I haven't seen your movie, and my movie is, I don't know, it's. I had to pick it, though. I had to pick the movie I picked, even though it has seemed to have fallen out of favor with many of the young people, I'm sorry to say. Yeah. So do you want to say yours first? or I do? Yes, I sorry. That? I was looking up what year it was because I could not remember. My pick of 
one of my favorite like little kid adventure movies is from 1995, Heavyweights. Which I haven't seen. And I've heard some good things about it that's really funny, um, really entertaining. So mm-hmm. I, I'm excited to watch that. I think you will very much enjoy it. Cool. And, you know, I've picked probably the most obvious kid adventure movie in the history of kid adventure movies. Uh, But you know what? This show is about movies that mean a lot to us that we love. And maybe it's nostalgia glasses talking, but I picked Richard Donner's The Goonies. And there are some reasons for that that have to do with, you know, where I spend my summers as well. But uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I have a... I just have a connection with the movie still, and I understand its flaws as well. And I will certainly, I'm sure we'll discuss some of those as well. But this is, um, I don't know, It's just, I think it's still a special movie, and I think it's still an entertaining movie, despite some of, the, um, some of its 80s-isms, I suppose you could say. <laughs> I, I'm going to try not to sit and apologize for the movie the whole time, though. That's not what I want to do. So we're trying to do, like, since it's summertime, we're trying to do, like, Fun episodes, fun pairings of movies. So I think the Animal Attack, the Kid Venture, that's perfect for the summertime. And yeah, like you said, hopefully we'll come up with some little bonuses. So there's not like Mm -hmm. so much time in between episodes this summer. But we do need some time to get caught back up. Caught up. up. Yeah. And (laughs) so that's that's our plan is to bank some episodes during the summer. I'll be off. So I'll be able to take whatever day off that. Michelle has off yeah. and we'll be able to record together on various days and that's not fixed to one day or whatever day a week. You know. yeah. um, so it won't be a problem uh, to get caught up uh, hopefully. And so we should be re- ready to go back to our regular schedule when fall hits, um, when we are going to be talking about some high school, I think is our first one for I the beginning so, yeah. of the year. Yeah. And uh, we want to go that's full good. bore through the Halloween season because that's always a lot of fun for us as yeah. horror fans. And we don't talk about horror as much as we, we probably thought we would. A whole lot. Yeah. You know, I thought we, I kind of thought we would talk about horror a lot more than we do. But that's Maybe okay. We wanted our chance to talk about not horror. <laughs> yeah. I think that's probably it because that's, what it is. we spent a lot of our time doing that already. Um, I spent so, about six years, years on a blog. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> talking about nothing but horror. So. Yeah, yeah, and I'm just as of yesterday celebrated my third year writing for Bloody Disgusting. So there you go. Um, I've written a lot of articles for that <laughs> site, uh, and obviously that's all horror. Um, almost getting close to four years with Manor Vellum. We got some horror in today. Yeah, yeah we did. We did half of a horror movie. sorry i'm gonna make people mad by saying jaws is not entirely horror aren't i it's whatever you want to call it i think it is too i think jaws is it transcends genre it's a genre unto itself (laughs) (laughs) all right i digress anyway so we're really quick gonna drop our socials here even though both of us are not ever on them anymore nope that's Uh, okay um, (laughs) yeah Y'all have fun over there. Um, yeah. But ooh, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and uh, Letterboxd at BrianWaves42. You can pretty much only find me on Instagram <laughs> at Michelle Aiken. Great. And the show is at Movie Life Pod on Twitter and Instagram. So give us a follow there. We do post to that a little bit more often than to our personal accounts. Um, So we hope that maybe you'll give us a follow there. Um, And if you can spread the word, we appreciate it. If you can drop a rate and review on 
Apple Podcasts, we appreciate it, or Spotify, or wherever you listen. Um, preferably a positive review, because that does does more for spreading the word than negative ones. Uh, it's nicer. <laughs> it's not, and it's nicer. And for a little independent podcast like ours, we appreciate the word of mouth. Yeah. All right. Okay. So, Michelle, here's to swimming with bow-legged women. I'll drink to your legs. <laughs> To your leg. To our legs. <laughs> all right. So, what are we going to do? We'll see you all next time. Bye. Bye. Don't